It's 50 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Bill Cosby was convicted yesterday afternoon on all three sexual assault charges he was facing in his retrial. The 80-year-old could get as much as 30 years in prison and a fine of up to $25,000 on each count. After 14 hours of deliberations, the jury returned a guilty verdict for three counts of aggravated assault against Andrea Constand. She claimed Cosby drugged and raped her at his home in early 2004. The first trial on those charges ended in a mistrial about a year ago. Cosby lashed out when Montgomery County District Attorney Kevin Steele argued that the former TV dad should be jailed immediately instead of remaining free on bail until sentencing. Steele told the judge Cosby was a flight risk and owned a plane. Cosby then shouted, He doesn't have a plane, you bleep a-hole. He doesn't know. Yeah. Cosby's lawyers say they will appeal. Uh, it's crazy, man. I, I couldn't believe it when I saw the news yesterday. I, I mean, ultimately, you know, I'm glad finally he's had to answer for this. Right. Um, But he's you, 80. I was going to say, do you think he'll live <clears throat> to go to jail? No. They might drag it out so long. They'll appeal it. And and... He'll die. Ford Motor Company has announced... Which is not the happiest of notes to go <laughs> to start, start off Friday morning. Yeah. No, he'll appeal his rape conviction and he'll die. What's next? Uh, Ford mm. Motor Company has announced it's getting rid of most of its cars. The company will be focusing on SUVs and trucks. The only cars that will remain in the Ford lineup are the Mustang and the new hatchback. The company has dubbed the Focus Active, which is a small car with a high profile, similar to an SUV, but... It's still classified as a car. The Taurus and Fiesta could be gone as soon as next year, while the Fusion will probably remain in production for a few more years. The statue of Lawrenceville native Stephen Foster is no longer standing in Shenley Plaza. The statue came down yesterday at the recommendation of Pittsburgh's Art Commission. The portrayal of Foster with an African-American man sitting below him has seen increased scrutiny in recent years. The Art Commission hasn't said where that statue's permanent home will be. A former drug addict in California is getting ready to graduate from college and will have a very special guest with her as she expect, accepts her diploma. It's the police officer who arrested her five years ago. Lieutenant Jim Foster of the Long Beach Police Department arrested Tiffany Hall on drug charges, but rather than just booking her and going on to his next case, he decided to spend some time with her and try to help real, her realize that she was capable of so much more in life, which was a message that she received loud and clear. She was 24 years old at the time. She took the kind words to heart and did set out to change her life. She enrolled in college and is now just a few weeks away from graduating. Last week, she visited Foster at the police station for the first time since their initial encounter and thanked him for saving her life. She also invited her to be her guest, uh, him to be her guest at graduation. The officer said the biggest joy of his professional career is uh, the time to have contact with people and uh, find that, that they've taken a horrible circumstances and turned it into a success. While great minds think alike, a new study found close friends share the same brain patterns, which is a big reason why your friends kind of get you so well. Researchers went so far as to describe the brain patterns of friends as being in sync. The closer the relationship with a friend, the more similar the brain activity, especially in traits like motivation, attention, and judgment. A British woman thought it was kind of cute when she took her dog out for a walk and the dog dug up something that looked like a large potato, only to realize it was not even close to anything resembling a potato. Terry Jade Barwell reached down to pick up the object, which was partly covered in a 
freshly plowed field and stuck it in her purse, saying she planned to wash it off at home. But when she told her boyfriend the dog had unearthed a potato, he looked on the Internet and said, hey, that looks like a big hand grenade. Come on. Police were called to the scene and said the device was a practice bomb that the squad regularly uses for training and just contained a small charge. But for safety's sake, they called out a military disposal unit to disarm it and they evacuated the houses immediately around Terry's home. It was detonated with no harm done. Well, good thing she didn't try to, you know, put it in the oven. Peel it. Yeah, Yeah. right. Why would you just pick up a random potato anyway? I don't know. (laughs) Why is that woman's dog trying to kill her? Right. That's really the way I would look at it. The Rolling Stones are readying the release of a new limited edition 15-album vinyl box set. The studio album's vinyl collection 1971 to 2016 will feature remastered versions of every studio album released during that time period. Available June 15, this, uh, the set begins with 1971's Sticky Fingers and ends with a 2LP edition of 2016's Blue and Lonesome. And longtime members of Fleetwood Mac are opening up about going on without Lindsey Buckingham. In a recent interview, Mick Fleetwood said the group hit a brick wall with uh, Buckingham, who would not commit to spending much time on the road. He added it became a huge impasse to where they decided they just had to part company. Meanwhile, Stevie Nicks simply said the band members just couldn't agree on logistics surrounding the band's upcoming North American tour, including when to begin rehearsals. Mike Campbell of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and Neil Finn of Crowded House will be replacing Lindsey Buckingham on tour. And that show is coming to Pittsburgh. Which yeah, I, he wanted them to wait another year. And they're like, we're so we're all going to die. Can't <laughs> wait around a year for you. Why did he want them to wait that long? I don't know. He wanted to push off the tour until 2019. I think he wanted to do his own tour this year and then put Fleetwood Mac back a year. Mm. And they're like, you know what? To hell with you. And like you said, the good part of this being... You know, they'll play the Peter Green era songs. He uh, was, he was the guy standing in the way of that. Well, like, the, the, they did an interview, and Stevie Nicks basically said there was one person standing in the way of us playing the old material, and I guess that's not an issue now. <laughs> well, that speaks volumes. Yeah, uh, they will play PPG Paints Arena on Thursday, November first. Uh, forecast today, rain at times, mid sixties for the high. It's fifty at DVE. Oh man, what? A night it was for the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Tangs are doing one. Here come the Penguins back into the capsule. Crosby with it, shoots and scores! He ties the game from the right wing circle. And number 87 makes it a 2-2 contest. Oh, Eddie Spaghetti. Crosby receiving that puck in the right wing circle, and he quickly released it, and it's 2-2. Yep. Unbelievable. What a third period it was last night. 17 seconds in, they score. I'm like, this is it. We're yeah, done. We're down 2 nothing now. Forget it. Ovi with an absolute ripper. Puts the caps up by two. But then Sidney Crosby's line responds. Gensel, Hornquist, Crosby. They put up three in the third period, including that game winner you just heard there. Uh, well, wait, no, that was... Are, maybe, are these mixed up? Crosby's was the second goal, right? Gensel got the game winner. So this was the game winner. Schultz to the left side, New Orleans matter. Comes forward and plays the puck in deep. Hope he plays it on the backhand around far side. Crosby there. Whipping in. He scores. Sidney Crosby from the left wing board. Gives the Penguins the lead 3-2. to And hope he doesn't know whether to cry or wind <laughs> his watch. He shot that puck from the boards. And the Penguins have taken the lead. And it's going to be Getzel who gets the goal. 
Yep. I think so. Yep. Beautiful redirect there. Mike with details on that coming up for you at the bottom of the hour. Plus the Steelers draft safety Terrell Edmonds with the 28th overall pick. And Ryan Shazier walked to the podium to announce the pick. Chill-inducing. It was pretty emotional. It was awesome. Did I you stay up and watch it? Uh, no. Yeah. But I did. I watched it this morning. It was, you know, I got a little teary-eyed so watching that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm an idiot. I stayed up. <laughs> uh, I'm really, really dumb. But I couldn't not do it. All right. A little bit later on this morning on the show, Sean Collier will be here talking about Infinity War Avengers. Steve Byrne was at the Hollywood premiere with Colin Jost and Scarlett Johansson. Whoa. So Steve's going to talk about his experience. He'll call in. Comedian Finesse Mitchell is in town at the Improv, former SNLer. We'll be in studio, 815. That's two weeks in a row, right? Oh, uh, well, no, we had Chris Kattan mm-hmm. two weeks ago, I guess. Yeah. Uh, also, Matthew Fridge, he's the director of the new documentary Sheets versus Wawa, The Battle of Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's the real battle. Yeah, of right. And Matt Aquiline in the Dead End Streets playing in the coffee house for you today. A meat company in Australia had an unfortunate typo appear on their packages of sausage, which uh, the joke is you don't want to see how the sausage is made, right? Uh, the label said anus beef sausage, <laughs> oh, no. which presumably should have been <laughs> Angus. <laughs> I'll eat just about anything at a tailgate. Uh, <laughs> but anus beef Wait, What are we tailgating for? <laughs> well, wasn't there that whole controversy there for a while where people were saying that there were restaurants serving calamari that were really fried, like they were fried pig anus? What? Come on. What? You don't remember this? No. Well, it literally I've never says it on this. the box. It's fried calamari. I love calamari. Well, you might have been eating I'm a lot of fried bee hole. <laughs> <laughs> now, somebody told me that after hearing that, they're not going to be able to eat calamari anymore. Like, they'll, they'll never be able to eat it. I'm like, yeah, but it's not true. And they said, yeah, but now that's all I'm going to think about. Right. I won't be I won't be able to eat it without thinking that. Yes. I'll still eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that it was proven to be not true that it was a 2013 story that claimed that calamari rings were sometimes, you know, you could buy them on the cheap from China or something. And they were actually imitation calamari pig anuses. Yeah. Yes. But that's not true. Oh, my God. However... Even though they're from two different families now, people are like, dude, that's 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 all, all I can think about. Think yeah. Gonna hold that ring up and <laughs> go, oh, I'm still gonna eat it. But it is funny that it kind of does, uh, it does, uh, like you never, ostensibly, none of us have ever had a pig <laughs> that we be- know of. Behold. Right. However, we're all pretty we, sure. We actually probably have. That's that's probably what it, t- it, right. it That's the consistency. That's. <laughs> but it, the thing about them is, like a lot of times they're big. Yeah. Well, you know they're really right. big, big Stretched ones. Out. I mean, come on. They <laughs> can't be. That was quite a sound. What kind of pig would that have been? <laughs> so rest assured, I want to apologize to people who may be put off calamari rings going forward. There's nothing wrong with calamari rings. They're just calamari rings. Every restaurant like, thanks, Randy. I know. You just killed our calamari sales. Well, because sometimes there are some foods that are labeled differently. As in? Uh, well, like, um, I think fish a lot of times. It's mislabeled frequently, according to the news. Yeah. So you think you're getting one thing, like you tilapia. Right. Is kind of a catch-all name 
for a bunch of different it's fishes. Just the fish that whatever they catch in the net. But that's like most of the time, like tilapia is the one that is like a really dangerous. It's an easy to cook, easy to eat, has a little flavor. Fish, so people are like, oh yeah, we had tilapia. But like, or some people like to say tilapia, <laughs> which sounds a little fancy. I don't know. We had tilapia. Uh, it, but that's the stuff. It's it's like a Vietnamese fish um, that can be easily misconstrued for like four or five other ones. And a lot of times when they breed them, they 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 cross-breed. super over crossbreed and like they're like in gross quarters. So if you get farmed ones, tilapia, they're actually pretty gross apparently. More and more, I want to become a vegetarian. It's like you can't eat anything farmed, they say. You know? Yeah. Fish, especially. That's what I'm talking about. It's bad for the environment. But the, the, the big one is you have to look out for is escalar. Now, escalar, well, a lot of times people will say it's white tuna. What is escalar? Escalar is. Is that a, the kind that gives you diarrhea? Yes. It is a white fish that your body responds to much the same way as it does alestra. Oh, yes. And now Alestra the was the fat. ingredient that they were using in chips there for a while because they said, hey, we figured out how to make chips taste delicious and be fat free. And everyone was like, holy cow, this is great. We're all going to pig out on chips. One problem, anal leakage. <laughs> and then it was actually on the the package. It said may cause anal leakage. Not on the S fish package. No. Escalar doesn't have that, but I'm saying on, oh. on the potato chip ones it did, on yes. the wow potato chips. Yeah. So people would be eating these things, and right on the package, <laughs> warning may cause anal leakage. Now, anal leakage, I think, and diarrhea are like two different things. Anal- it's, yeah. I think one leads to the other, maybe. I don't know. It seems like it's on deck. It, like the word seeping comes to <laughs> right. mind. I feel like if you have anal leakage, then diarrhea is on deck. Yeah, that's true. Probably. I mean, if you went to a doctor, he'd probably say that. You have anal leakage. And right now, over there, <laughs> warming up in the uh, in the batter circle over there. Is there anything? With donuts on his, uh, on his diarrhea bat. <laughs> is there anything that's so good that you would eat it even if it did cause anal leakage? Um, no, probably not. I don't know. I, there was a time when Taco Bell... <laughs> I used to eat Taco Bell so frequently, um, and it it really started to have an adverse effect on me. (laughs) And so I I remember distinctly, I was like 23, 24 years old, and I used to go and get like six tacos, and like I would be like, I want extra mild sauce, and whatever you think is extra, like double it, because you you can't give me enough, because I would use like three packets per taco, because I love their mild sauce. So anyways... I was talking to my friend about it, and he's like, dude, you you can't get out of Taco Bell. And I'm like, I know. Like You're if hooked. I, yeah, but no, what he meant to say was, if you eat in Taco Bell, you don't make it out without oh. having to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I see. Like, that's not okay. Yeah. And I was like, well, may, it's just a thing I'm going through, probably. Like, I'm not going to give it up. So I would say I probably had just under 10 visits where I went. And I ate it and it made me, you know, I had immediately, immediately. right through, but I kept going back. (laughs) I kept, I kept hoping that that was just a a temporary thing. 
And it turns out, no, I had just overdone it. No. Apparently, you can eat too much on that stuff. That's and a shame. I loved it. I mean, I would get two Maxi Melts and at least four hard shells. Wow. Oh, those were the days. Oh, boy. <laughs> when you could eat anything you want. In a bean. At any time of the day. In a bean burrito. Oh, good Lord. And now last night watching the game, I had a like super spicy salsa on this taco. Like we had a bunch of tacos for the games and uh, I'm still not right. I didn't sleep right. <laughs> I probably have a terrible weekend getting old blows. Lined up. No, I miss being able to eat anything. I miss being able to have that iron constitution, like yep. just being a total pig. And late at night. I can eat late at night. Oh uh, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can eat late. I just can't eat super like... You know, melt your face wings and stuff like that anymore. Mm. It'll hit me for like a couple of days. It didn't used to. I used to love it. But I ruined myself and my body and my health by doing this job for too long. <laughs> it is. a. It was, what a great trade-off it was. Something will always get you. That's true. That's what I think. But to answer your question, yeah, there was something that was so good. <laughs> you would risk it. I kept going back. <laughs> Penguins last night. Tell me if you heard this one before. Caps thought they had it in the bag. Oh, a 2-0 so lead at home. So did I. But you know what? The Penguins weren't playing bad. The goal they let up to, to start the game. 17 seconds in. You're, you know, every Penguin fan had to be thinking, oh, Went God, we are totally screwed here. But the truth is, uh, well, look, that was a hell of a shot. Uh, and Matt Murray was really good after that. I mean, both goals he gave up were absolute rockets. Mike, uh, with the, uh, his full accounting of what happened last night, uh, you know, some people were saying, like, uh, the pen stole one. Um, and Madden talked about this on Twitter last night. You know, I, I don't think they stole it. I, I really don't. I thought they played pretty well at times. Defensively, some big-time breakdowns. But mm-hmm. Mike will uh, clue you in. As to the details of what went on there in game one last night between the Pens and the Caps, Ryan Chazier walking at the NFL draft last night. Unbelievable. Uh, um, yes. That, pretty, pretty moving and that, emotional. Yes. Uh, he went out to announce the uh, the Steelers' new draft choice. We got a safety with the first overall pick from Virginia Tech. The weird thing about this, Cheryl Edmonds as the 28th overall pick for the Steelers, his, his brother was also chosen in the first round. Brothers. In the Very first cool. round. That's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, oh, and boy, did the Browns. Oh, my God. They Brownsed it up. <laughs> Wait till you hear. Mike has full details next. 30%. DVE Sports. Yeah. yeah. We got a new we, one. We got a brand new one. Yeah. yeah. Little, Cheers. Little, I like that. Yeah. The yeah. crowd went crazy. Yeah. You got a little uh, sound garden. Mike pursued it with Let's your sports here. too. On the DV Morning Show, and what a night it was for the Penguins and the Steelers. Pretty good afternoon for the Bucks as well. Sports this hour brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Alex Ovechkin's sixth goal of the playoffs, 28 seconds into the third period, put the Penguins into a 2 nothing hole last night in Game 1 against the Capitals in D.C., but the Penguins did not panic. According to defenseman Chris Letang, there was no reason to panic. It, it was not about uh, the way we were playing. We were playing really well, and it's just a, a collision that happens, a bad luck play. We came 2-1, on one and they, they score. Um, but I think our, our attitude was good, or, and, and uh, we just uh, stayed focused and played again. And the, uh, the focus led to three goals in four minutes and 49 seconds, a couple of minutes after Ovechkin 
had established that 2 nothing lead for the Caps. Patrick Hornquist, his third at 2.59. Sidney Crosby, his seventh at 5.20. And Jake Gensel, his seventh at 7.48. The Penguins closed it out and shut it down from there. Pittsburgh wins game one, 3-2. And uh, afterward, Mike Sullivan beaming, well, at least as, uh, as much as Mike Sullivan can beam in such situations. You know, we didn't have the start that we want to do, obviously. We give up a goal, you know, 17 seconds into the game. Um, but I, I just loved our resilience and the, our stick to and, you know, we just uh, we just stayed with it, and we, and we found a way in the third period. Yeah. Resilience and stick to are two of his favorite words. And that is what he has delivered to the Penguins since his arrival more than anything else. I, I did not feel... Uh bad about that first goal after about three or four minutes like you you know they were clearly not collapsing it was uh, you know a play that occurred the way it did Taki Taki just happened to be 17 seconds in instead of five you know would you felt any better if that goal was scored six minutes in it didn't matter no, and, and they're a good enough offensive team even without Evgeny Malkin or you know one of the key components they can score goals if they're defending well you know, three should not be considered a deal break. You know, oh, oh my, you know, that goal uh, by Ovechkin early in the third. Now you got to get two to tie, three to win. Okay, that's doable. Didn't, the, whole, the whole period is left. They should never panic and start running around and taking chances and, and going off the reservation. Just keep playing the game. But that's where the poise comes in, and yeah. they don't do that. They understand that, you know, where, where the fans might not quite as much. The team certainly is disciplined enough. When they that, got, when, that, to oh, me, that's the you heard Carl Hagelin before the playoffs started talking about swagger repeatedly, swagger, confidence. When you've won, when you know it works, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to stay with it. Right, and that's what that that is a big ace they have up their sleeve. That that confidence that has been born of the last two springs. Well, you know, Mike, they were they were knocking on the door. For much of the game, you know, it, it wasn't like they weren't getting chances. Yeah, just Simone keep... didn't finish on a couple of them. You know, Sid missed one. Keep playing. Uh, yeah, and uh, boy, there were a lot of close calls. You know, that being said, Capitals had a number of themselves that they weren't able to uh, finish. Yeah, well, it's, it's probably going to be that way, and it's going to come down to a play that's either made or not made. And, uh, you know, maybe the one that helped decide last night uh, on the Crosby goal, the cross-ice pass, Alex Ovechkin had a great chance to intercept that, and it kind of went through him and got to Crosby. He was he was back. He was playing defense. He was back in his own end, Ovechkin, but he didn't finish the play. And he gives it an inch, and he's going to take a lot more than that a lot of the time. So Pens get uh, off to the start that they were looking for. They lead one game to none. Uh, one power play for Washington last night. Remember what Phil Bork told us this week. The over-under on uh, power play opportunities is three. Any more than that, and you're asking for trouble. They gave him one. Discipline along with focus and stick to and resilience. I felt like there was a lot of defensive breakdowns in the first period, and uh, they got better as the game went on. That's the idea. Vegas uh, beat San Jose 7 nothing in the other game. <laughs> oh, I have no words. Look out, the Knights. I have no words. You want to take five and uh, come back with the draft? Yeah, there's a lot to talk about with the Steelers. Um, 
an emotional night, a trade of Martavis Bryant, and what all of that means. Well, you know what, Mike? Let me see. Yeah, let's do that. I'm going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the Steelers draft. Big show for you coming up here. we got Sean Collier talking about Avengers. Steve uh, Byrne was, I was going to say Mitchell. Finesse Mitchell's on after that. Uh, Steve Byrne was at the Ho- He was at the Hollywood premiere. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, we, he, but how about who he went with? I know. Colin Jost from SNL and his girlfriend, Scarlett Johansson. Finesse Mitchell will be in studio later on this morning as well, the former SNLer. He's at the Improv all weekend long. Matthew Fridge is the, the director of the new documentary. Mike, this one should be near and dear to your heart, Sheets versus Wawa. Oh, man, that's, that's two all-timers right there. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Matt Aquiline in the Dead End Streets in the Coffee House. And I want to remind you, we're giving away Penn's playoff tickets. You can win a pair to every home game this series against the Capitals. Send us a video, 60 seconds or less, telling us why you're the biggest Penn's fan, why you deserve those tickets. Get as creative as you want. It's up to you. And then upload the video to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Share the uh, link with us via the online registration form at dve.com, and you could be going to every single home game this series against the Caps. If you entered last round, can you enter this round? Yes, you got to re-enter, though. Yes, re-enter. dve.com. Deadline to enter is Monday. The first home game is Tuesday. It's the DVE Morning Show. Mike Pursuta back for more here. Let's talk draft. The Steelers last night immediately before the, they make news, before their pick, by trading Martavis Bryant. Yeah, and then this, uh, this to me was uh, a fantastic trade, and this is how you have to play the game in the front office. Uh, when you're moving the pieces around and uh, collecting assets. What do you mean by that? Well, Martavis Bryant, everybody knows his problems with uh, being suspended for a year. And, you know, he's another failed test away from disaster. Mm-hmm. And he's tweeting and Instagramming whatever he was doing last year about how he wants to be traded and he's not getting the ball enough. A lot of talent there, but a guy that I'm going to go way out on a limb and say there's no way in hell they were going to give a lot of money to this guy on a long-term contract after this coming season. So he's going to be gone anyway. You got him in here on a fourth-round pick initially, and now you got some production out of him, and then you trade him for a third-round pick, which is more than you spent initially. I liken it to buying a car, driving it around, having some great times in it, getting it in a wreck a couple times, and then selling it for more than you paid for it. I like it. They got use out of Martavis Bryant, and they're better off now than before they were when he got here. And in particularly a third-round pick in this draft where there are uh, very few great, surefire, perceived, can't-miss picks, but a lot of really good football players. And the Steelers, is, they need help in a lot of areas. They have a pretty stable roster, but they need a lot of things. This, I think, is uh, a very good deal. That's how you have to work it. Uh, in terms of what they did with the 28th overall pick, if you looked at a couple of... Uh, Mock drafts or uh, projections, uh, you're scratching your head wondering what the hell were they doing. Uh, If you trust their evaluations and uh, their ability to work the process and understand what they need, then you got to be intrigued by the selection of Virginia Tech safety Terrell Edmonds, 28th overall. Here's uh, Mike Tomlin talking about his new number one. We got a sharp, young, uh, versatile guy who's a very good communicator. Uh, that plays with physicality. Uh, quite simply, he checked all the boxes for us. Yeah, now uh, one of the guys I used to prep for this is a guy named Dane Brugler, 
who uh, works for NFL Draft Scout. He does uh, extensive work. Uh, Rick Goslin from the Dallas Morning News turned me on to Dane. I think he's very good. He had Edmonds as the 90th best player available, which is third round, not first. But if you look at uh, what the Steelers need, and that is helping the defensive backfield, they addressed an area of primary concern. And what they got in Edmonds, at least what they think they got in him, is a guy who's versatile enough to play defense the way it is more and more uh, being played in the NFL, and that's kind of all over the place. You have guys that need to be able to play different positions, do different things on different downs, be able to do one thing on a rundown, another thing on a pass down, and, you know, in case you get not what you were expecting, be able to adjust. Uh, Terrell Edmonds uh, played cornerback. He played nickel black back. He played safety, and he played a position at Virginia Tech they call Rover, which is kind of all over the field. Uh, I envision this guy as a potential sub-package linebacker. So if you're wondering why didn't they take an inside linebacker, well, maybe they did more often than not. If they play more sub than they do base, which they will, he might be a guy who's on the back end at the start of a series, then on third down he's more up playing a linebacker-type position. He's six foot and a quarter, 217 pounds, and not uh, any type of stats that will jump off the page. He only had one-and-a-half career sacks and six career interceptions in three years at Virginia Tech. But uh, you heard Tomlin talk about the physicality, uh, run and hit, play different positions, some other things that uh, they have to love. Uh, he was uh, a defensive signal caller, and that continues a trend. They brought in John Bostic and Morgan Burnett in veteran free agency. Now they got this kid. Communication was a problem last year. They are trying desperately to clear that up once and for all. Good luck. It's been a problem for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. They're trying to they're trying to clear that up, and they're trying to get in a position where they can put guys on the field and leave them there and be okay whether the opponent runs or throws. Um, int- How about if you're Tom Bradley and you come here as the new uh, def- like uh, secondary coach and you get the big Burnett signing and their first-round draft pick is a safety? Yeah. Well, I mean, you get a pretty good tool chest there, huh? You got to get better there, right? Yeah. And you're down Mike Mitchell and, and Will Gay. Whatever you thought of those guys, they played a lot yeah, of least, snaps. Yeah. Somebody's got to fill fill that void. Um, the other thing that's really interesting to me about uh, Terrell Edmonds and this kind of piggybacks onto T.J. Watt and the coming from a football family thing. Uh, his dad, Pharrell Edmonds, was a tight end mm-hmm. in the NFL. Third round pick in 88 by the Dolphins. Yeah, when Kevin Colbert was there. How great is that? Kevin Colbert must feel like he's 105. Yeah. (laughs) He's drafting kids of guys he drafted. That is crazy. Uh, He's got a brother who's on the Saints roster. His other brother, Tremaine, was taken 16th overall. First time that's ever happened. Two two first-round brothers. And his mom was uh, a hurdler at Southern Illinois. So he comes from an athletic family. He comes from an NFL family. Uh, both Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert were raving about the family, just what good people they are. You know, maybe this guy's not going to send out a bunch of slappy tweets when they lose a game, or he doesn't get to play as many snaps as right. he thought he should. And last but not least, uh, Kevin Colbert was really emphasizing this yesterday, last night, I should say. Uh, his 2017 season, Edmonds, was uh, cut a little bit short. He had to have shoulder surgery, and it was an injury from training camp. Before the season started, he played in a sling, and he played as long as he could and as hard as he could with a banged-up shoulder. Kevin Colbert said this kid has innate toughness. 
So I think if, if you were looking for, okay, they picked this guy and he's going to plug into this position immediately, mm-hmm. that's not what they got. They got a football player with a lot of uh, impressive and uh, sought-after characteristics physically and intangibly, and they have OTAs and training camp to figure out how they're going to fit all these guys in and where. Wow. I like it. You're getting me excited. It's not the guy I would have taken, but I don't do this for a living. Who would you have taken? The pass I, rusher? I, no, I would have taken the cornerback out of uh, UCF, Mike Hughes. I think they will get a corner at some point. I think they mm-hmm. got to get a running back at some point. They got to get a linebacker at some point. Well, and it, I'm, I'm looking forward to Monday and being able to go back over this draft, and I'm anxious to see what the rest of the division does. The Browns yesterday, of course, making a lot of waves over their two picks in the first four because they took Baker Mayfield first, which a lot of people thought, well, that's just Johnny Manziel. Yeah, I don't buy 2. that. I don't buy that at all. And uh, they're not the same person. No. They have sim- similar characteristics. But well, As far I think- as I know, Mayfield's not a drunk. No, yeah, he's got. He was arrested for public drunkenness, but <laughs> hey, there but for the grace of God. Right? No, I know, but uh, I'm just saying uh, that doesn't mean he's a drunk. It means he was drunk. Yeah, uh, uh, big difference. <laughs> big difference. And uh, also, and I don't care that he's a jerk. I mean that uh, if you play well, your teammates will follow you, and your fans will love you. As long well, as you win. And then in the fourth, uh, fourth with the but fourth. imagine him and Haley. Todd yeah. Haley's a pretty abrasive guy. Ugh. Baker may or can be, I should say, can be a nice guy, but he can be a pretty abrasive guy. Uh, Baker Mayfield, from everything I've heard about him, can really be an abrasive guy. Imagine those two sitting down to have a little chat about what went wrong on third down. <laughs> it's going to be blow up on the sideline. They're going to be brawling on yeah. the sidelines. Haley's not going to coach from the press box in Cleveland. He's going to coach from Pittsburgh. <laughs> Val's got news next. What do you got, Valerie? Uh, we're going to talk about um, uh, a couple of things, including if you go to Vegas and you want to play the slots, you better not be stoned. Billy Gardell yesterday kicked off the pre-sale for his second show. At the Benenham Center in November. He'd already sold out a Saturday night show, so he added the Friday night show. Yesterday's pre-sale, they basically sold out of the pre-sale. So That's now so the tickets are half gone before they're on sale to the general public. So <laughs> if you were listening to DVE, we gave you the password to get in on that pre-sale. That might have helped a little bit. But if that another show. Well, he may. He may. But today... At 10 a.m., they go on sale to the general public. Just wanted to let you know, at Ticketmaster, those tickets, half of them are gone. So if you wanted to go see Billy, make sure you jump on that starting at 10 o'clock. Or try to go do it right now and use the password Yinzer. Because there may be a couple of those pre-sales left. Yeah, well, if there's any pre-sales left. I don't think there are. Because they only allot so many for the pre-sale. And when I heard that he basically sold as many as he did... I was like, oh, my God. And that was like in an hour and a half, Val. Unbelievable. So so happy for him. Yes. So once again, get on and uh, buy those tickets to see Billy Gardell coming up in November. General sale for those. Uh, general on sale, 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster. 50 degrees of DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. The leaders of North and South Korea have agreed to officially end the Korean War and are calling for complete de- denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. 
At their historic summit today, North wow. Korean leader Kim Jong-un and South Korean President Moon Jae-in signed a statement confirming their joint goal of realizing a Korean peninsula free of nuclear weapons. The declaration reportedly includes promises to pursue arms reduction, to cease hostile acts, turn their fortified border into a peace zone, and seek multilateral talks with other countries. That's huge. And it scares me because I don't trust it. Somehow, I know. I'm like... I'm- this seems like it should be a good thing. Why do I think they're going to form a huge superpower? No, I just feel like Kim Jong-un is going to go, psych! Yeah, sucker! Yeah, it's a trap! Hope not. No, it's not. It's, it's good. Buy your neighborhood Korea veteran a beer today. President Trump is admitting for the first time that his personal attorney, Michael Cohen, did represent him in the Stormy Daniels case. Trump earlier this month denied knowing about a $130,000 hush payment that Cohen made to the porn star to silence her about an alleged affair with the president. On Fox and Friends yesterday morning, Trump acknowledged the payment, saying, quote, Michael represents me like with this crazy Stormy Daniels deal. He represented me, end quote. Yeah, nice move. (laughs) Nice move. The Fox and Friends people had to cut him off. They had the force. It's like taking your dog to the dog park and like, are you going to bite the other dogs today? No, no. Oh, he bit one. All right. How would you great. like to be on his legal team? Just he has constantly go. No, 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 no. They need to convince him that he's in that John Krasinski movie. Yeah, that something's that's... <laughs> going to kill him. That's right. Oh my god, he would be killed in the first three minutes of that movie. Let's play the quiet game. Wouldn't make it five minutes. See who could not talk the longest. Wow. These monsters are telling me. Boom. <laughs> Believe me, I and know another monsters. Thing. <laughs> but he, the best part is that he says, it's not only that he just talks randomly. They're like, what did you get Melania for her birthday? He's like, I don't know. Look, Cohen was my lawyer for a little bit. <laughs> I got her a card. <laughs> he's such a because he's Dummy. busy being the president. He's so, yeah, that, you know what? Honestly, that's fine. I'm sure Barack Obama, George Bush, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, those guys, you know, you're busy. You don't have a lot of time. Right. Uh, but you know what you're good at? Coming up with an answer. <laughs> like, if you can't come up with a good answer for what did you get your wife for her birthday. I gave her a divorce. <laughs> you, well, boy, that you know that's what she asked for. <laughs> Can you please stop having unprotected sex with porn stars? Thank you. Well, I doubt she's having sex with him, so why would she care? Yeah, actually. <laughs> did you see him trying to grab her hand the other day? It was one of the funniest things That's ever. That's probably what he got her. He agreed not to make physical contact. I won't months. do it anymore. She, he uh, was using his pinky to try and, like, trigger her hand <laughs> to, to hold on to his, and she wouldn't do it. He's, he's, I would love to have heard his internal monologue then. Come on. T- just grab, uh, grab, the hand, grab the hand. Just grab the hand. Grab the hand. Grab the hand. <laughs> I remember doing that in Northway Mall Cinemas on my uh, a date as a 13-year-old. Like, I'll just brush against and maybe she'll hold my hand. Yeah. I was not the president then. That's worth noting. Yeah. I, he, you know, he, he was like, you're making me look stupid. You're making me look stupid. <laughs> Damn it. Officials with Carnegie Mellon University say they are revoking Bill Cosby's honorary degree after his guilty verdict yesterday. The university awarded the 80-year-old the honorary degree in 2007. The University of Pittsburgh previously rescinded a 2002 honorary degree to Cosby after allegations that he drugged and sexually assaulted dozens of women came to light. State representatives unanimously say they are A-OK with school students putting on their own sunscreen. (laughs) Uh, this is allegheny county state rep hal english says his bill would allow students the ability to apply sunscreen as needed 
instead of going to the school nurse because it is considered over-the-counter medicine. English's measure also allows students to wear hats and other sun-protective clothing during school hours and school-sponsored activities. When I was at prep school, my theology teacher wanted to do it for me all the time, which was weird (laughs) because it was winter. And in other unbelievable school-related news, a Massachusetts preschool Pentucket workshop in Georgetown is banning the use of the term best friend. They consider it exclusionary. Wait a minute. Who who is saying this? This is a preschool in Massachusetts. Oh, Jesus. We are in trouble. However, a master teacher from Brooklyn says that's a bad way to go. Uh, Hani Will Shanky says it's up to parents and teachers to help kids learn the skills they need to make friends, including what to say when they want to join a game. She says you can role play with puppets so kids pick up confidence in the correct body language and uh, the right words to use. This is the kind of stuff that drives me crazy because it allows people with very narrow points of view to have a leg up or like they have mm-hmm. gives them valid points to make mm-hmm. and they'll jump though the problem is they'll be like oh now my uh, preschooler can't say uh, best friend to their best friend they can't yeah. call each other best friends the world's going to hell you know hell in a handbasket also gay people can vote now i mean what the <laughs> hell it, it, like i don't like them having any jumping off points. no because that's ridiculous yeah i don't understand how things get this out of whack i don't either I don't know. It all starts with when you had to give a Valentine to everyone in the class. Uh, yeah, that one. I don't one, remember if I if that was like that when I was a kid or not. It was definitely like that when I was a kid. You had to give one to everybody. I don't remember. Probably. Except this kid in my class, Harvey Vina. He didn't get. He was really bummed out. It was it was a bad scene one time. Uh-huh. Yeah. At a certain age, it might benefit children to learn that they suck. It's like, why didn't I get any Valentines? Because you suck. I learned that very young. <laughs> really? Kids didn't like me, and at a certain point, I figured out, oh, it's because I'm being kind of a jerk to everyone all the time. I should alter that behavior. I was just a dork. Yeah. The dorky kid. I was a teenage dork. <laughs> <laughs> As you may know, or maybe you don't know, smoking pot is legal in Nevada, but because Las Vegas is unique, casino officials there are dealing with some unique issues when it comes to gamblers who are stoned. The state's gaming commission now has laws in place to prevent casinos from allowing visibly intoxicated marijuana users to place bets and consume alcohol while on the casino floor. I would think this would be difficult to police. Yeah. But they're going to try. A Florida woman is facing assault charges after her boyfriend called 911 to report she had attacked him for throwing his freshly cut toenails all over the floor. Now, all Might right. be warranted. Uh, Demara Morales Santos confronted the victim after he she saw him trimming his nails and then dropping them around the living room. The argument soon turned physical with her biting and punching him. According to the police report, Santos's mom tried to calm her down but failed, prompting the guy to lash out and call them a whole crazy family. <laughs> At which point her brother then went outside and started kicking his car as he pulled away. Police responded to the scene and say Santos admitted to her actions but said she was sick of her boyfriend doing stuff to annoy her. I like that the guy who's like <laughs> liberally tossing around his uh, toenail shavings yes. like he's Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> They're stuck <laughs> in the car. Calling them crazy. You guys are crazy people. I'm going to go back to 
planting my toenails in the shag. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely with her for phase one of this argument. It's like, no, that's completely unacceptable. In uh, even if you lived alone, you can't throw toenails around. What do you do with your toenails? Where do you cut them? How do you, how do, you do them? What do you do over a toilet, or you do you collect them and the one then you pick them up and you take them away? Like, how? What's the in procedure? In the bathroom. Because I I I use one of two things. Sometimes I'll put my foot over a toilet <laughs> and use it as like a catch all. Uh, yeah, like yeah, but because now it's if any sh- a big if there's any ra- big radius. Know, shrapnel, it's probably going to go there. Right. Uh, and it's a nice little stand for your foot there. Like yeah, all right. Uh, but you got to be careful because you can't put too much weight on the commode. You know. Well. It wouldn't be as much weight as your body. Yeah, well, because you're pushing, you know what I mean? Your leg is... Okay. Um, if you're doing it the wrong way. Well, the other one was the, like the, the other day I did it, and I was like sitting on the edge of my bed, and I'm like, I got to cut my toenails. I'm a maniac. <laughs> and, but then I'm on the edge of my bed. And so, they're spraying all over Well, no, the but now I have to collect them, and I'm like putting them in a little pile, and I'm like, this is terrible. Like if... I usually... If I like move the wrong way, they'll like pop off the bed, and then... Yeah. You know, then you got a mess. Then you got to go then get you, the vacuum cleaner and <laughs> get a shop vac. You have a potential domestic incident. I prefer to do it in a hotel. Just so that there's <laughs> you no just chance. wait till you're not oh home. I've done God. it many times. I'm not home. Here's a good opportunity. I got a little clipper that lives in my travel bag, and I'll be somewhere. I'll be like, oh, yeah, this is the time. So that if I miss one, someone else has to step on oh. it at two in the morning. Have you ever found like a toenail in your hotel room or anything like that? Like a Not that I know of. And if you did, it was mine. I found a fingernail on my dresser the other day. And I'm like, how did that get there? Like a whole nail? Like a whole fingernail. <laughs> I have no idea. I must have chewed it off like while I was doing something. I'm like, what is there a fingernail there? <laughs> Either that or it was stuck in the clippers. You know and what I mean? You, yeah, when you laid the And then I like down. put the clippers down and it was like, it fell out. But it was like very evenly taken off and it was oh, just sitting there. Oh, good. Then you must have clipped it. You have a rude ghost. Well, I do the vitamins, you know, and then you get your nails grow a lot quicker. Oh, and your hair? Your hair, your nails. Yeah, all the stuff that keeps going when you're dead. Yeah, your teeth keep growing. (laughs) You look like a donkey by the time you're 50. (laughs) Metallica is raffling off the guitar Kirk Hammett used to play the national anthem at uh, Monday San Francisco Giants game. Each $10 raffle ticket will raise money for the band's all Within My Hands Foundation. On the heels of his Broadway musical Escape to Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett is planning to open a Margaritaville Resort Hotel right in the heart of New York's theater district. 29-story Times Square building featuring 239 guest rooms, a rooftop pool, and 5 o'clock somewhere bar is expected to be ready in 2020. It'll be the first Margaritaville Hotel in the Northeast. For an authentic New York experience. Yeah. And finally, the Neville Brothers saxophonist Charles Neville is dead at the age mm. of 79. The second oldest member of the legendary New Orleans Quartet died yesterday of pancreatic cancer in Massachusetts, where he was a longtime resident. His brother Aaron confirmed Neville's passing on Twitter, calling Charles a great brother and saying he'll always be in his heart and soul like a tattoo. Charles Neville is survived by his wife, daughter, two sons, a sister, and his three brothers. Rain at times today, 65 degrees for the high. It's 50 at DVE. Charles Neville, man. I got to see him play a bunch of times. He's the baddest. There's Charles. This is live from Jazz Fest. Right on the eve of Jazz Fest kicking off, Charles Neville passes away. Uh, This is him with the Neville brothers. I think in 2013. Uh, All right, great news for the Penguins. Last night... 
Huge win in Game 1 without Evgeny Malkin or Carl Hagelin, and they uh, now take a 1-0 lead in the series. Game 2 is Sunday. You could win tickets to the home games here in Pittsburgh in this series by filming a, uh, a video 60 seconds long or less. Upload it to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Share the link with us via the online registration form at dve.com, and you could win tickets to see the Pens take on the Caps. Yep, it's happening again. Oh, that doesn't Ovi have to be thinking that right now? Like, mm-hmm. it's happening again. It's going to be a hell of a game, too. Hopefully, Malkin will be back. Big news from the draft last night. Mike Pursue to get you all uh, caught up when we come back. Plus, Sean Collier reviewing Avengers, uh, the newest Avengers, Infinity War, or is, in Pittsburgh, Infinity Wars. This is the big one until all the next big ones. Right. <laughs> Mike Pursue coming up next. DVE Sports. Yeah, Mike Rasuda's got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And what a night it was for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mike. And the Pittsburgh Steelers and a pretty good afternoon for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Quote the great Luke Lelouch, winning. It's like better, better than, than losing. losing. Sports this hour brought to you by Golden Oak Lending. The Penguins beat the Caps 3-2 to two last night. They were down... Two to nothing, 28 seconds into the third period, but uh, they worked the process from there. And uh, in a span of four minutes and 49 seconds, they banged in three shortly after Ovechkin's goal had given Washington that two nothing lead. The first, Patrick Hornquist from Justin Schultz and Jake Gensel at 259. Sidney Crosby from Gensel at 520. And then Gensel from Crosby at 748. What is the common thread in all three of those goals? Jake Gensel. Factored in on all three of those goals. Three more points for Gensel. This is your leading scorer in the National Hockey League playoffs. Jake Gensel? It is Jake Gensel. Good guess, Randall. He's got 16 points. Sidney Crosby has 15. Pasternak, 13. Ovechkin, 10. And Kucherov, 10. In your goal-scoring leaders in the postseason, Crosby and Gensel are tied for the top spot with seven. Ovechkin has six. Which name doesn't belong? Of all those I just reeled off. Kid's been uh, on fire. Unbelievable. Jake Gensel uh, is on a roll, but uh, don't tell him he's unstoppable. Uh, I mean, uh, I had a lot of chances tonight. and um, Obviously, sometimes you get lucky and, and the bounces go in. So um, you're just trying to ride as long as you can and uh, keep going. Yeah, Jake Gensel, uh, a man of few words usually, including uh, after that 3-2 victory in Game 1 against the Caps. Hopefully they mic'd him up last night. You know, I mentioned he's got 16 points. This is the 13th time in NHL history that a player has had 16 or more points in his team's first seven playoff games. Some of the other players that have pulled that off, Mario Lemieux, Sidney Crosby, Wayne Gretzky, Daryl Sittler, Joe Mullen, Mike Bossy, and Brian Trottier. This is the company Jake Gensel's keeping. Rarified air. And do you think any of these opponents who play the Penguins, they're looking at the roster and they're watching the tape. Do you think any of Oh, there's Sidney Crosby. He does what he does. Evgeny Malkin. Got to worry about him. Where Patrick Hornquist goes to the net. He's tough in the, tough in the net front. He takes a beating. Chris Letang, boy, when he's on, he's really good. Derek Broussard, big game brass. Got to worry about him. Matt Murray, boy, he's really hard to score on. Do you think Jake Gensel ever comes up in the pre-scout? I imagine he does, but I imagine it's down the line. It's got to be, right? 
if I may. Jake, Mr. Jake, Mr. Playoffs, Gensel. Mr. Playoffs? Does that sound right? No. He did this last year. I know he did oh, this he last did. year. Oh, he did, yeah. But just, we got to come up with something better yeah. than that. Yeah. Mr. Playoffs? Yeah. yeah. Well, we were saying there are guys who are, you know, like, to your point, Broussard's supposed to be that kind of guy. Max Talbot was that guy back in the day. There are some people who rise to the occasion. And it is just, given that he didn't have, uh, what was it, uh, seven goals in the last 27 games of the season or something like yeah. that, you weren't expecting this explosion to come back because the history is, only goes back one year. You know, he hasn't had the time or the career to, to, be, to set a trend for himself here. Doing a good job uh, working toward that. But now he now now we expect it from him. And boy, did you get it last night, Mike. They really did a great job of taking the mojo away from the Capitals last night. I mean, 17 seconds in, they score. Good Lord. Yeah. Place yeah. is going nuts. And then the Penguins get a bunch of chances. And then, you know, none of them pay off a, a potential dagger from Ovechkin 28 seconds into the third. Well, uh, that rocket. I mean, that what a shot. My God. Top shelf far side, just ahead of Dumoulin's diving attempt to block it. But yeah, I mean Dumoulin can't play that any better, right? I mean, was he, you know, no, you got to take the pass away. Goalie's got yeah. a shooter on a two on one. That's you can't give him a tap in on the right. back door. Uh, he he took the pass away, and then when Ovechkin committed, he tried to get there. He he launches rockets. That'll happen. I cannot believe. I mean, you watch the instant replay. It's in the net. As Murray's arm is still kind of going up yeah. to try and, I mean, and grab it. Right under where the crossbar joins perfect. the goalpost. It was perfect. Couldn't have walked up and slam dunked it in any better. But instead of panicking that you got a two-goal deficit on the road, yeah. the Penguins' poise and perseverance pays off. They're going to keep it together. They're going to be very dangerous. They and completely silenced that crowd in about two minutes. Kind of picked up where they left off in the third period of Game 6 in Philly. When it was four to four, and it was a really slappy game to that point, and they just buckled it down. And Jake Gensel scored the goal in the first minute that time. Game two is Sunday afternoon. Matt Murray, last night, I just want to make mention that save he made in the third period could have been the game. On the right side, Niskan and slapper, knockdown, rebound. Oh, what a save by Murray on the near side on Brett Connolly. As he kicked that puck out of there. That's twice he's done that, Mikey. Full extension with the blocker hand. He opens up the blocker, and he absolutely robbed Brett Conley on the back door. Wow. Yeah, he uh, he was yeah. like, he he opened it up. It's not his M.O. He usually uh, is more anticipatory. You know, he gets there first. Right. But he has done that from time to time. It's 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 in his wheelhouse. It's not the way he prefers to play. And it's not a necessarily high percentage way to play, but sometimes mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do. So um, we're going to make brief mention here, and then come back to the Steelers because we have a special guest in Steve Byrne. But last night, pretty incredible scene with Ryan Chazier walking out to the podium last night. Mike, you want to hear Kevin Colbert on that? Let's hear Kevin Colbert on that. Uh, obviously, you saw Ryan Chazier take some very um, inspirational steps. And that's uh, that's a huge um, that's a huge lift for not only him but for us to see where he has come from to where he is and knowing where he might be able to go. It, it's just um, it, it's beyond inspirational. It's just exciting, and it's really exciting for him. Well said. To good, say the good least. for him, man. He's, he was at Ohio State spring game. He's he's been to the Penguins games. 
Uh, he's, you know, slow and steady, right? But staying with it. And the Steelers have uh, their first round draft pick, a uh, <clears throat> safety from Virginia Tech. Yeah. Which, you know what? If you wanted a linebacker and you think they got a safety, you're probably disappointed with this pick, but. Uh, they got a safety who they think can play linebacker, sub-package linebacker. He can play strong safety, can play free safety, can play special teams. He is uh, Terrell Edmonds of Virginia Tech. And there is uh, a football family association with this kid. His mm-hmm. brother was drafted in the first round. Dad played in the NFL. He's got another brother already in the NFL. Uh, Steelers spoke as much about his character as his uh, physical ability, and they also think he has got uh, a great mental grasp of how to play this game and the physical toughness necessary based on his playing the entire, well, 10 games last year before he finally had to shut it down with a bad shoulder injury. And Martavis Bryant traded. Traded to the Raiders. They uh, initially invested a fourth-round pick in Martavis Bryant. He played three seasons out of the four that he was here, and they sent him to Oakland for a third-round pick. Which is more? Yeah. <laughs> well played there by uh, Kevin Colbert in yeah. the front office. So. It was his last year here. They weren't going to resign. We're him. not going to resign him. All right. All right. Steve Byrne, our buddy Steve Byrne. That's where Crawford is this morning. He's with Byrne in uh, Lexington, Kentucky, doing comedy. And Steve's going to call us next to talk about his. <laughs> what kind of jokes do you do in Kentucky? Same ones, just slower. <laughs> Steve Byrne. Will join us to talk about the Avengers, Infinity War. He was at the Hollywood premiere with Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost. And I, I, I can confirm he was there as a guest. He is not the new Wolverine, as you may <laughs> have heard. That is false. Steve Byrne next. Sean Collier's review of the movie coming up uh, as well. And we've got Finesse Mitchell, former SNLer in studio. He's at the Improv all weekend long. That'll be about 8.15. Val Porter has news at the top of the hour. And don't forget... You could win Penn's playoff tickets to the home games in this series. Send us a 60-second or less video of why you should win the tickets, why you're such a big Penguins fan. Upload the link via the online registration form at dve.com. Deadline to enter is Monday. First game here in Pittsburgh in this series will be Tuesday. And now, Mike, the best part of this, Sunday is gravy. No, it's not. It's gravy. No, it isn't. It is. No, it is not. You come out 1-1, you're good. So if the Caps lose the first two games at home, they can't win a series. No, I know they just did that, but... yeah. The Pens just lost to a three and up. Each one, each one is worth one win. Conventional wisdom. I'm just saying. I'm not going to get reeled down. I'm not rooting for the loss. But if we lose, all right, we took one or two already. That is not the attitude they should take onto the ice Sunday. The, the pressure's off them. They should feel like they have no pressure on them. They should Sunday. feel like Sunday's the biggest game they're ever going to play. <laughs> well, maybe Gina will be back for that one. Skated yesterday before the game, so who knows? All right. All uh, of that upcoming and more, DB. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Uh, I have a special guest lined up for you right now. And I'm putting this song in his ear so that he gets excited. Oh, yeah. To get going here. Don't look back in anger. Yeah, because the guy who is, (laughs) I don't know anybody, who's a bigger Oasis fan than Steve Byrne, who joins us right now. Steve Byrne, ladies and gentlemen, gets a round of applause. How are you, brother? Good. How are you guys doing? Hey, Val. All right. Hey, how's uh, how's uh, Crawford? Is he okay? Is he is, is he, he sl- next to you? Is he next to you? Did you wake him up? We are we are bunking together. We we always stay at the YMCA when we are on the road together. <laughs> always, they it's, never put us up. So that's nice. That's you guys can get up and uh, take a little swim. <laughs> we, we take a little swim. 
we hold each other's feet while we do sit-ups, and every now and then, Bill lets me know he had Mexican. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys kiss on every sit-up? <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't kiss, actually. When we come up, we, 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 we lock our legs together, uh-huh. oh. and we, do, we yeah. do raised sit-ups, and we meet in the middle, and we don't kiss. We actually just stick our tongue out, and our tongues touch. Oh, that's nice. And then we go down, yeah. Yeah, just a little, just a little <laughs> tongue touch. Yeah. Steve, you went to the Hollywood premiere of Infinity War, the new Avengers movie, and you were with some pretty big-time company. Yeah, I got to, well, you know, as you've met, you met Colin before, obviously, right? Yeah, great guy. So, yeah, Colin, when he was just a writer on SNL, uh, he expressed to me one night, I met him in New York, that he wanted to get out on the road quite a bit more, so he opened for me, and that's how we kind of met, and then... um, over the years, his career has ascended, and I've essentially stayed the same place, <laughs> which is a little disheartening. But, uh, but yeah, Colin, you know, he started dating Scarlett Johansson. And, um, you know, he's like, hey, do you want to go to the premiere? And I'm like, yeah, of course, absolutely. That, that's unbelievable. And, I, and then I wonder how many of his friends bailed on him before he got down to me on the list. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he, he asked me to go, and it was, it was absolutely wild because – the publicist was telling me it's the biggest premiere he's ever done. He said, I think this is bigger than the Oscars, which oh. gives you some perspective of how wow. massive the red carpet was, how long the press line was and everything. And, and I, was, I was definitely the third wheel. I was, I was the little bitch. You know, I was, uh, <laughs> so you went without your wife? You went by yourself? Yeah, because she only had so many tickets. So, oh, right. I, you know, I wasn't going to get the invite and go, and uh, could my wife come? Uh, right. And uh, is there popcorn? So I didn't want to be that guy. But, but it was unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. And, uh, you know, at the beginning, all the Avengers come out on stage, and then Robert Downey gave this great speech. And you see them all, and Scarlett Johansson looked stunning, absolutely beautiful. Um, oh, man. And then... Did she? All right. So, what was? Uh, uh, were they in costume? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I wonder if Collins asked her to bring the costume home at least once. Right. Exactly. But but like you, you're watching her, and she has these great fight scenes and everything. And I'll never forget. Like there were there were so many scenes throughout the course of the film. Colin and I looked at each other. We're just like, oh my god. And there was one time where she had this great scene, and I just. You know, after seeing her on stage and she looks gorgeous and she's beating these aliens' butts and everything, I just looked over and I go, you know, you're a very lucky man. My wife's a teacher. And we both kind of giggled, but it's just unbelievable to see that, <laughs> that this is, that's her profession. That's what she does. You know, she's a superhero. It's pretty wild. Oh, man. Well, so, like, I can't imagine anybody from, like, you know, the Hollywood uh, elite uh, level wasn't there. It had to be the most star-studded affair you've ever been to. By far, yeah. It was, I mean, just every court, you look around, there's Bradley Cooper, there's Gwyneth Paltrow, there's... Robert Downey Jr. And I remember we were walking up to the premiere, and the cast is all together, right? And because I'm with her, we're you know we're all walking up these steps, and she's introducing me to everybody, and she's like, "Oh, this is this is uh, Chris Hemsworth." I'm like, "No, it's Thor. He'll always be Thor. He's not Chris Hemsworth to me." And Downey, we were going up the stairs, and he's like, "And what's your name?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm Steve." And he put his arm around me, and we're walking up the steps, and he was just so, like the coolest dude ever. And he made you feel so, and he could be, you know, he's got a thousand things to do. And he just asked where I was from. I was like, oh, I'm from Pittsburgh. And then he let me know his, uh, 
I think it was his mother's side there from Pittsburgh, and he was telling me about all the relatives and everything, and I'm like, yeah, thanks, dude. I, I'm trying to make this movie on time. Um, <laughs> he was hey, Iron Man, cool. wrap it up, all right? I got to get wrap it. it up. Uh, I got to get some uh, Mike and Ikes. But if you ever wanted to feel bad about yourself, this is the one premiere to go to because there's like an after party, and you go and everybody's there. You know, the Black Panther, Thor, everybody's there. and The most beautiful realize, people in the world. Exactly. You're like, we are not the same species. I'm going to go <laughs> home and sue my parents. I feel <laughs> awful. I'm going to order T25 right now. It's it just like, if you ever want to feel bad about yourself, go to an Avengers premiere. Because you're just like, I'm not, we're not, we're not, we're not human beings. Like compared, Chris Hemsworth is a stunning-looking man, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Like, you look at me like, oh, my God, okay, I get it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Fit- fittingly, I, as we were, as the segment started, I googled Avengers premiere, and there's a whole article on, somewhere about Scarlett Johansson, and a picture of her and Colin Jost just staring so lovingly at one another. Yeah. And, Steve, you clearly are three feet behind them trying to take up very little space. <laughs> I am definitely the side chick yeah. in that picture because I look like a woman scorned because essentially what would happen is we showed her from here, right? And Colin and Scarlett, they've been dating for over a year, and they're still smitten with each other, just, you know, just very, very adoring. And... And so she'd go and do these interviews, and I would then Colin and I would chat, and we'd just BS, you know. Then she'd come back, and they were all over each other, and I was just like, well, I guess I'll talk to this publicist. And then, <laughs> and she'd do the same thing again, and then she'd come back and be like, well, I guess I'll talk to the security guard. And I was just talking to everybody but them when they came back. But, dude, I got to tell you, it was it was one of the coolest experiences. It was so fun, and... The film was unreal. I don't know if you guys had the chance to see it yet. I, I yeah. assume not with the Pens game, but you know, I uh, I'm looking at the pictures, and all of the Avengers are together. You know, in in multiple shots, and I was thinking there are uh, like ten of them there. Uh, you could have just kind of snuck in, and nobody would have known. Oh sure, you know, there because there are no Asian actors there, so it would have looked like oh yeah, well it's, you know, that's the you know the diverse Avengers. Yeah, I could have, well, Benedict Wong is with Dr. Strange, so I think I could have stood next to him, and people have been like, oh, that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> totally makes sense. Why are all these good-looking people on stage, and there's, a, there's an Asian Kevin Spacey uh, next to Benedict Wong? Benedict Wong, by the way, has the biggest calves I've ever seen in my life. It was like Captain Caveman. Do you remember that yeah. cartoon? Oh, yeah, Captain <laughs> Caveman! <laughs> I just wanted to hug his calf and, and walk in like a little a little boy hugging his daddy's leg. How could the you way see in. his calf? Was he wore shorts. And I've never, like, they're abnormally huge. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Bulbous, girthy calves. I don't, I don't want to turn anybody on because I know that there's probably somebody out there that's listening that has an Asian calf fetish these days. But, dude, it was unreal. I couldn't stop staring at his calves. Girthy calves? <laughs> yes. I don't oh, know how dude. to explain it. I'm sure there's some Steelers out there that have massive calves. I would put Benedict Wong's calves against any of them. Steve, I think you're selling yourself short in that picture. It looks as if you're looking off into the horizon 
In other words, oh, these two perfect people in front of me bore me. I wonder what's happening over there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's like when they procreate, something special is going to happen. And, you know, me and my wife are just creating fives. <laughs> Steve Byrne, hey, man, have a great weekend in Lexington. Thanks for sharing that story of being at the uh, most star-studded Hollywood premiere of all time. Yes, I was the most average human being at the premiere. <laughs> yeah, but that's, the, that's who you want to be. That's the fly on the wall. I will say this. I was the most average-looking person there that was not collecting 10% off of somebody <laughs> on that stage. <laughs> yeah, who do you represent? Uh, obviously nobody. Uh, uh, ad support at basic cable television's TBS is Sullivan and son Steve Byrne. That's who I represented. I canceled four, three and a half years ago. But go Pens. We're in Holpe's head now. Yeah, buddy. Let's do it. I'm, I'm with you on that one. All right, Steve. Hey, thanks so much for uh, giving us a call early. We appreciate it. And right, make sure Crawford doesn't Play get into any trouble. For someone, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> All, right. All right, love you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. We'll love see you. Bye. Steve Bye. Byrne. How about that? How cool would that be? One of the yeah. Avengers is like, do you want to go to the Avengers premiere with me? Unbelievable. How about Colin Jost? Good for him. Is that the equivalent of sitting oh. on a bench during a playoff game? Kind of, but you know what? There's this episode of the Larry Sanders show, you know, where uh, he starts dating Sharon Stone. And, he, and he's like a big star, but she's a much bigger star. And his producer, Artie's like, you know, oh, you're not going to like this. Mm-mm, nope, nope. She's a bigger star. Trust me. Whoever's the bigger star has the... Mm-mm. And uh, he's like, no, no, I can take care of it. I remember this. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, it's not a big deal. And then immediately he's like, this is awful. You know, you're relegated to holding purses and stuff. But if I was Colin Jost, I'd be totally fine with that. I'd be like, I'll hold whatever you want. Scarlett Joe, you love her, too. I do love her. And there's some comfort in, you know, sometimes you wonder if you're hotter than your significant other's exes. No, it's Ryan Reynolds. You are not. (laughs) You don't even have to think about it. We've got Finesse Mitchell. Uh, Speaking of SNL, former SNLer Finesse Mitchell coming in at 8.15. Also, Matthew Fridge, director of the Sheets versus Wawa documentary. We're going to get to the bottom of this. Uh, I want to know what the the criteria they used to judge which was better in the Battle of Pennsylvania, the real Battle of Pennsylvania. And, Mike, this is one near and dear to your heart, having Philly roots and, and... I was in Wawa land for a long time, but when I was growing up, there were these things called delis that were all over the place. So when you wanted a sandwich, you went there. And when you wanted a cool, refreshing drink with uh, a cartoon reproduction of a baseball player on it, you went to 7-Eleven and got a Slurpee. Yeah. So so Wawa's kind of, you you predated Wawa. Little experience with Wawa, but not uh, to the extent that I have adopted Sheets as my home away from home. But uh, I have. Sheets is my homeboy. Val's got news next. We're going to talk about your snacking habits. And Matt Aquiline in the Dead End Streets performing live for you in the coffee house coming up after 9 o'clock. President Trump is admitting for the first time that his personal attorney, Michael Cohen, did represent him in the Stormy Daniels case. Trump earlier this month denied knowing about a $130,000 hush payment that Cohen made to the porn star to silence her about an alleged affair with the president. On Fox and Friends yesterday morning, Trump acknowledged the payment, saying, quote, Michael represents me, like with this crazy Stormy Daniels deal, he represented me, end quote. Yeah, nice move. (laughs) Nice move. The Fox and Friends people had to cut him off. 
They had the force. It's like taking your dog to the dog park and like, are you going to bite the other dogs today? No, no. Oh, he bit one. All right. How would you great. like to be on his legal team? Just he has constantly go. No, 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 no. They need to convince him that he's in that John Krasinski movie. Yeah, that something's <laughs> going to kill him. That's right. Oh my God, he would be killed in the first three minutes of that movie. Let's play the quiet game. Wouldn't make it five minutes. See who could not talk the longest. These monsters are telling me, boom. Believe me, I know monsters. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Vanessa Mitchell on the way. He'll be at the Improv all weekend long. We'll review the new Avengers movie with Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine. Matthew Fridge, director of Sheets vs. Wawa. Also, Matthew Ackline and the Dead End Streets performing live in the coffee house. Pens with a big W last night over the Washington Capitals in Game 1 of that series against the Caps. And uh, without Evgeny Malkin, without Carl Hagelin, they still made it happen. Schultz to the left side, no early matter. Comes forward and plays the puck in deep. Hope he plays it on the backhand around far side. Crosby there. Whipping in. He scores. Sidney Crosby from the left wing board. Gives the Penguins a lead 3-2. And hope he doesn't know whether to cry or wind his watch. He shot that puck from the boards. And the Penguins have taken the lead. And it's going to be Gensel who gets the goal. I think so. Jake Gensel with a big goal again. They erase a two-goal deficit in the third period in Washington to send the Caps fans home crying once again. Wonder what they're saying in Washington. Oh, uh, they're Can in. Let them score three third-period Hol- goals. Holpe was so good the whole game. He was so he good on it. until he wasn't that good. I mean, we got a ton of opportunities, ton of chances. Matt Murray again gives up a goal 17 seconds into the game. Did uh, how many people didn't even sit down with their beer yet? Yeah, really. And they're like, "Are you kidding me? Down one nothing." It was that quick, but uh, they steadied themselves through the help of Matt Murray. D- defensively, you know, Edzo was pointing it out. They had a lot of miscommunication. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of blown assignments, and uh, they were generally just kind of shaky defensively. But boy, they were generating chances offensively last night. Uh, again, without Hagelin, without Evgeny Malkin. And now, Game 2, hopefully they get Malkin back. More on that from Mike Pursuta. Plus the NFL Draft, the Steelers uh, pick uh, a safety from Virginia Tech. And um, he was one of two brothers drafted in the first round. First time that has ever happened before, where two brothers are drafted in the same draft in the first round. And Terrell Edmonds is now the newest member of the Steelers secondary. More on that coming up. The big news about Ryan Shazier walking to the podium, of course, is great. Mm-hmm. Martavis Bryant traded. Michael have all the details. Val's got news now. What's up? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 51 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Tom Brokaw is the latest Ugh. TV newsman accused of sexual misconduct. Two female co-workers have come out to claim the former anchor of the NBC Nightly News made inappropriate and unwanted advances in the 90s. Linda Vester tells Variety that Brokaw sexually harassed her while she was a reporter for NBC on Weekend Today in 1994. She said, quote, Brokaw physically tried to force her to kiss him on two separate occasions, groped her in an NBC 
conference room and showed up at her hotel room uninvited. Brokaw denies the allegations. In a statement, he said, I met with Linda Vester on two occasions, both at her request 23 years ago because she wanted advice with respect to her career at NBC. The meetings were brief, cordial, and appropriate. And despite Linda's allegations, I made no romantic overtures toward her at that time or any other. According to TMZ, the second woman who was asked to remain anonymous says Brokaw took her hands and put them under his jacket against his chest. He then invited her to his office later on, insinuating he wanted to give her more than job advice. Brokaw has denied this allegation as well. (laughs) Neither woman uh, reported the behavior to police or NBC at the time. Humane officials say they rescued 15 dogs from a sludge-filled garage covered in four inches of feces in Trade City, Indiana County. State police say the man who owned the garage had been taking care of them since his mother died at the beginning of the year. Some of the dogs were aggressive. All 15 needed medical care. Thomas McDaniel is facing 90 counts of animal cruelty. The dogs have been taken to Indiana County Humane Society for rehabilitation. And according to a story on Channel 11's website, this guy would just open the garage and throw a bucket of dog food in Mm -hmm. and then shut the garage door Uh. again. So not really taking care of them. That's bad. Yeah, Awful. If, if you find yourself in that situation, call animal control yes. and or just have somebody come get the, your animals. Good conversation is sexy. So time to work on those conversation skills. A survey by dating site Plenty of Fish found 74% of singles said good conversation was a better indication of chemistry than physical attraction. And 63% of respondents said the best way to identify a compatible partner on a dating app is through conversation, which you're not really talking to each other, are you, on dating apps? You chat back and forth, right, Sean? Like message, you message each other? Oh, uh, yes, my six weeks on Tinder. Yeah, that's apparent. <laughs> which, are there conversations on Tinder? Yeah, uh, no, yeah, I, I, I remember like messaging back and forth with someone for, for more than a week before and i was told you have to do that before it's appropriate to say hey do you want to meet for coffee oh. and it's like on we, tinder on tinder yeah i, I thought know, that was the dude i thought tinder was like together now hey we're in the same block let's hump like it's, adult friend finder it's right. gone it's gone legit oh, people okay. are trying to get together off of tinder and i look i understand there's safety issues but it's like are we pretending we're not here like some people are like i'm only here for friends like no you're not and if you are, right. leave, because I'm not interested. <laughs> Don't want to be friends. Is summer more stressful than winter? According to a new study, it is. How can these warm, no. laid-back days of summer be more stressful? Scientists aren't completely sure why, but apparently levels of cortisol, which is your stress hormone, mm-hmm. it's higher in the summer than it is in the winter. For me, it's feeling like I should be out doing something relaxing. Yeah, maybe that's it. If it's winter, I'm content to lie on the couch for nine hours. And another another new study claims cold weather makes people just as upset as a terrorist attack. Researchers in Canada <laughs> researchers in Canada analyzed the tweets after terrorist attacks and tweets about cold weather over the past decade. They found people use equally depressing language in both cases. Not if you were in the terrorist attack. Well, yeah, probably not. But people who survived, you know, bombings do not compare that to a nor'easter. <laughs> You're comparing cold weather here versus a terrorist attack somewhere else. Yes, That's, exactly. There's, a, there's an equation you have to do. There. Let's talk about your snacking habits. Baby. <laughs> when you snack, do you usually go for sweet things like cookies or salty like chips? Salty. Salty. 
you would be in the majority. 69%, 31% go sweet. What if you do both? There was, there was no... <laughs> They're no, the best. No response for that. Do you snack throughout the day or have a specific... It's snack time. No, uh, you know, it is what it is when it is. You know, whenever, you know, there's no like, uh, I don't have an alarm on my so iPhone you, that you goes graze. off. you graze. You snack graze. Finesse Mitchell sitting in the uh, studio with us right now. Uh, as we previously mentioned, he's at the improv this weekend. Uh, how, what's up, man? How are you? Lies. All lies. <laughs> what's up, man? How you doing? How are you? Morning. Good morning, everyone. So uh, we were just talking about this stupid thing about, are you a snacker? Snacking. You eat like, do you, are you candy? Are you pretzel? Yeah, yeah. Kit Kats, Paydays. And granola bars. So, all right. See, he's talking about the. We had this thing yesterday about candy bars. Kit Kat was the number one candy bar. Payday wasn't on the list, though, was no, it? No, I don't think. What's so. in a payday? Uh, only, only the OGs know about payday. <laughs> <laughs> what was in a payday? What's bar? that? Is that peanuts in it? Well, uh, it has peanuts. It has. Uh, what is the secret? And does anybody know what's a nougat? <laughs> no. Nobody knows sure. what nougat is. No, I don't know. Well, it's not in anything but candy bars. Well, it's in, it's peanuts, peanut butter, salt, mm. and nougat. Nougat is a little disconcerting because I I had never never really thought about it. That's the secret elf recipe of yumminess, <laughs> but no one knows what it is. <laughs> they just named it nougat. <laughs> they make that and Valyrian steel. If you've ever seen Game of Thrones, that's what they do. Nougat. Um, yeah, I'm a snacker. Yeah, I don't see. I don't get down too much with like an actual candy bar. I'll go with like a local, like a place that makes chocolate locally. If you like Saris or like up uh, Romolo up uh, north, that that stuff gets me like psyched as a snack yeah but not like what about like the, picking up a three musketeers bar is not something that i'm gonna end up doing what about the teeny tiny reese's peanut butter cups no those the, I'll, I'll rock those. not the mini ones the real real mini ones we mean like, it, it, they have really tiny ones they're like that big like yeah, not the it, ones in john's office no like, smaller really like a reese's pieces it's probably about the same size but it's a well, reese's cup. that is the waste of a yumming treat right. to make it that small. Yeah. But you can you just know. pop them in your couple in your mouth and. They have foil on them? No. Oh. They come in a big bag. I like oh. the foil. I like to work for I love for the foil. I like yeah. to work for it a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's the only thing between you and eating 87 of them. That's right. <laughs> the, yeah. the unwrapping time. It makes time. you slow down just eat. a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like that foil. That's why I like to eat peanuts in the shell because it slows me down a little bit while I'm drinking beers. Oh. Otherwise, if you just have like a bowl of, of shelled peanuts, you just crush a handful. Right. To, you'd eat it right away, and uh, in a bar, shucking peanuts that'll take you at least like fifteen the way minutes. You do the peanuts on the plane. Yeah, if you can finally get that package open, just savage, right? <laughs> right. If you take one peanut and place it in your mouth, and you just don't dump the whole thing in your mouth, and just wait for water to come by on the next cart, <laughs> then you don't know how to ride a plane. That's how you're supposed to ride a plane. I don't know. I let I let all my other habits determine what snacks I eat. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yes, so I that's do. pretty much how right. I do it. You know, you got a sativa habit, then that's cereal. You know what I mean? You got an indica habit, then that's you know candy bars and popcorn. Maybe and that's whatever. why I eat so much cereal. Absolutely. In the middle of the night. Yeah, it must yeah. be those, those hybrids, man. Uh, forecast today, rain at times, 65 for the high, it's 52 at DV. Finesse Mitchell's with us. He's at the Improv all weekend long. You know, 
uh, finesse from his work on uh, many different shows. Many. S- from SNL to, uh, uh, is it Brothers of Atlanta? There Brothers, was on H- of Brothers of Atlanta it was on, on HBO. HBO. Yep. Roadies on Showtime with yep. Cameron Crowe and J.J. Abrams. How'd you like working on that show? I love that show, man. We had uh, MGK, what's his name, Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. Ron Wilson. Yeah. And, you know, Ron Wilson was a favorite comic of mine from, from the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Yeah. Uh, he did, He had a great role on there. Yeah. Yeah. Finesse, let me tell you something, buddy. I've been in this business a long time. I've been with Foxworthy, and yeah, I've been with everybody, and yeah, there's nobody better than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice to meet you, Ron. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, he's a cool guy. Uh, Ron uh, White, right? Ron White. Yes, sir. So he uh, uh, was one of uh, a couple stand-ups that were involved in that. The one thing that that show, if it suffered from anything, I thought that it was a depiction of how life on the road probably was more like 25 years ago than now. It seems like it is a more updated and uh, technologically superior sort of... I told him now. we needed more drugs and more sex. Yeah. Now, you know, you can't really tell Cameron what to do. You know what I mean? Damn more finesse. So, you know. Right. Did he, he work on set with you guys? or did he Absolutely. Just, he was there. Did he direct absolutely. a lot of the episodes? Ama- yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the nicest guys. Man, let me tell you something. When I tell you, we were in, we were in Vancouver mm-hmm. shooting. And I was just happy to be there. Right. I was just like, yo, man, I'm, 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 I'm so glad that you picked me to be on the show. Why would this rock band have a black accountant? It's like, that's for you to tell us. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you sneaky son of a gun. <laughs> so now I'm trying to go figure out what my character is and this and that. But I really didn't fall in love with Cameron until like that very same day, later on that night, it's Vancouver. I am not sneaking out of my my hotel, but there's really no reason I should be leaving at 1.30 in the morning. And I am reeking. I am reeking of just the finest L.A. kush you could ever imagine. What's well, legal in Vancouver, right? I guess. Yeah. I don't, know. <laughs> you I don't even know the laws. Right. I just knew I was breaking it because I flew it in. So, But reeking. And... uh. And I get down to the lobby thinking everybody's asleep. We got an early call time. And Cameron is right there in the lobby. He goes, oh, Finesse, let me tell you about tomorrow. And I'm like, "Uh, there's nowhere to go. And I just walked up to him. And he he said, so tomorrow we're going to do this. And I was kind of picturing this thing for you and this and that. But it's going to be great and I can't wait. And and I really want to say thank you for doing this because I know your wife is having a baby. And and for you to even want to come up here and shoot this pilot, right. thank you so much. And I was like, yeah, no problem, Cameron. Like I said, thank you for having me. And um, and he said, all right, so uh, be safe out there, and you smell you smell yummy. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like Daddy, Daddy, and I hugged him. <laughs> you smell and, and, yummy. And then I left, and I was just like, wow, that was that was pretty cool. How do you fly it up there? Like how? Like do you take cartridges or you take actual weed on the plane? You take your drug sniffing dog <laughs> and put on dark shades and you put this, the drugs on the dog. Oh, okay. Yeah. But when that dog sees another drug sniffing dog, uh-huh. they talk to each other right. to let them know, hey, I got some weed on me. <laughs> he ain't really blind. Like they set up everything. All you got to do is keep doing oh. a little stick like you're blind. There so, you go. That's okay. how you do it, man. Vanessa Mitchell uh, hanging with us. I don't know how much time you have. I don't know what your schedule I'm is. I'm cool. You want to hang out? You know out? Leslie who's on the show now? 
I don't, she'll probably never hear this, but uh, Leslie, who's on SNL. Uh, Leslie Jones. Yeah, Leslie yeah, Jones. Yeah, we just talked to Steve Byrne, who's good friends with Leslie. Yeah, long, yeah. long, 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 long time ago, she told me that she just put it on her. Like, she puts it in her bra. Yeah. You know? So I'm like, hmm, all right. But that was when you was walking through the metal detectors. Now you walk through that little, you know, um, total recall booth where yeah. they, they scan you, you know. They steal a few minutes of your life yeah. every time they do and, that. And then all the uh, the uh, the uh, inappropriate TSA dudes patch you down for no reason. Mm-hmm. I think that thing lights up yellow over your crotch just to do it. I think they got a special button <laughs> that they push depending on who they want to pat down. Where it's like, ah, we're going to have to touch you uh, in in places you don't want to, with the, with, with the back of our hands. So that'll make it better and more professional. But you know, we will touch you with the back of our hands. Here's how you know they're doing it uh, for pleasure or security. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're doing it for security, uh, it has it, it feels very institutional. If mm-hmm. they're doing it for personal pleasure, they're, they're keeping eye contact with you. Right. They're looking at you and just grazing right. past. I knew this dude was doing it for pleasure when... He was like, why are you complaining? Because I'm like, dude, we in Starbucks. You ain't supposed to come out this far to be patting somebody down. This is this is gay right now. So. <laughs> Finesse Mitchell is at the Improv all weekend long. Improv.com, 412-465-233. Uh, and I got to take a commercial break. You're welcome to stick around. I don't know what you got I going on. I have nothing to do. All right, man. If you want to stick around, you're welcome to. More with Finesse coming up. Mike Pursuta, when we come back, big night in Pittsburgh sports. Penguins get past the Capitals in Game 1, a 3-2 victory in Washington. The Steelers last night draft a safety with the 28th overall pick, and uh, they trade away Martavis Bryant. Speaking of smoking pot, they trade away Martavis to the Raiders. Mm. He could all- won't smoke pot out there. In, in Oakland? <laughs> ah, just kidding. <laughs> DVE. Sports. All right, Mike Pursuta recapping a big night uh, for the Penguins and the Steelers. And Finesse Mitchell's hanging out in studio with us this morning as well. He's at the Improv all weekend long. 412-462-5233. Improv.com. Were you in that movie? George of the Jungle? Nope. What made you start singing George of the Jungle? Because, man, I have been like partaking all night oh. all <laughs> you just super high yeah bro and who sings George of the Jungle for no reason Finesse Mitchell does but I bet you somebody's like I love that cartoon I just made somebody smile on a Friday with that one there's no doubt yeah I, I didn't know why you were doing it I thought maybe you were like referencing your credits that, that I was didn't. my info my, that's my intro music man so George, George of the Jungle. All right. Mm-hmm. Good deal. Well, keep it in mind. I'll get that queued up for you. For Absolutely. Next All right. Mike's got a quick recap of what went down last night. What, what went down, Mike? <laughs> Sports is up. Brought to you by BobbyRayHall.com. The Penguins beat the Caps 3-2 in game one of the Eastern Conference semifinals last night in D.C. The Pens were down one nothing, 17 seconds in, and 2 nothing after just 28 seconds. seconds in. Did you guys in know the black period. people think hockey is played year-round? <laughs> Like, y'all don't take no breaks, and y'all always in the playoffs. It kind of is around here. I'm just letting you know what we think. (laughs) We don't think y'all take a break. It kind of feels like that in uh, Pittsburgh. No matter what sport you're watching, no matter what time of year, there's a hockey game on right next on the next channel. All year round. Winter, summer, spring. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, the way it's worked out for the Pens of late, they go to mid-June, and then they take a little time off, then they go to trading camp in September. Yeah. Go win another cup. Uh, NBA's uh, not much different. 
they they showed you last night what they showed you in the third period of Game Six in Philly, who they are in terms of resolve, resilience, whatever word you want to use to describe the intangible characteristic that they don't panic and fall apart. They just keep mm-hmm. going. And if you're more persistent than the other guy, you win more than you lose. Uh, the Steelers uh, selected, you keep calling him Virginia, Virginia Tech safety, and that's technically what he is, Terrell Edmonds, on the 28th overall selection. But the the value to the Steelers in this guy is he's not just a safety. He's a strong safety. He's a free safety. He's played some slot. And you heard, if you listened late last night to Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin, you heard sub-package linebacker. Here's what makes this intriguing, guys. The sub-package linebacker plays more than the base linebacker. It's a starting position. If you can play multiple positions and do multiple things well, the Steelers believe that's the key to getting better defensively in where the NFL's going in terms of how the game is being played. I'm if not you gonna... can coach the players to do it, that's great. Like My concern is when you're doing something that's like unconventional and they're jumping from college to pro, and then you're asking them to be you – know, playing a, a, a more sort of hybrid type. Yeah, hybrid yes. position. But Mike Thomas said that's what this guy did at Virginia okay. Tech. I'm right. not going to sit here and say I watched a lot of tape on this guy or I watched a lot of Virginia Tech. He's decent. But, he's he's from the ACC. Uh, I'm a University of Miami fan. We play Virginia Tech. Did you play on the team? Were you on the team? Absolutely I played on the team. You play, What position did you play? Uh, obviously not good enough because I'm doing comedy right, right. right now. <laughs> yeah. But no, I played cornerback and strong safety. No and kid. what Mike is talking about right now, now we're drafting guys that are around the 220-ish but can move well. Yeah, he's 217. Yeah, so you can you can move up to play linebacker and what they're calling now a striker type of uh, position. Finesse knows he played it to you. This yeah. is, no, this is and, good stuff. And, and you can also drop back into coverage to cover tight yeah. ends going down the seam and or a slot receiver instead of having a – 235 pound, you know, guy who runs a 48 linebacker, outside linebacker, try to cover, you know, or a uh, 195 guy in the yeah. middle up in the box, right. and then they run the ball on you, and you wonder and what the hell stuck. went wrong, and they get yeah. seven yards on third and six. But that hybrid position where a guy can run a four five and keep up with somebody just long enough, hopefully for your pass rush to affect the quarterback, mm-hmm. that's what yeah. uh, the NFL is moving toward on defense. And I just want to say, uh. <laughs> I'm endorsing this. NFL Network. Uh, I'm endorsing this philosophically. I'm not going to sit here 12 hours after they made the pick or see less than that and mm-hmm. say it was a great pick or it was a crappy pick. Right. No, that's you could have been Cleveland and picked Baker Mayfield. You don't like Baker? One. No, okay. I do not. It's another conversation for another. I do day. not like Baker if you can pick Shaq Barkley at at one and then go back and get Chubb at four. You could have traded. You got so many picks. You could have traded back into the first round and well, got your quarterback still. So people were saying it was Manziel and Gilbert part two. Like, yeah. why would you pick Baker Mayfield? Because they like him. Okay. <laughs> the Bills like DJ Manuel, too, from Florida State. Yeah. And, and what court, first of all, for if you're the Cleveland Browns, whatever quarterback you like, that's the one you definitely do not pick. Yeah. <laughs> just do a Costanza. Yeah, yeah, when like, everybody votes on the one they like, yeah. go with the other guy. <laughs> I'm just saying. It, it would have worked out better for them in the past if they'd have done that. But this guy, the, the safety uh, slash. Uh, strong safety slash sub package linebacker. Don't guy. lose sight of that. That's the biggest deal. So they're just this. playing like they're just in nickel all the time. Seventy well, percent. Mm-hmm. 
The, you know, the Casey Hamptons of the world have gone away. If you're going to be a defensive tackle, you've got to be able to rush the passer in the sub package. And if, if you're going to be in the secondary, you've got to be able to cover a variety of people and still play the run. If, you sit, if, if, if you're Green Bay, I mean, and you're playing against Aaron Rodgers and he has three wideouts and a, and a tight end that can run a 4-6, you can't just leave three linebackers out on the field. You need mm-hmm. you need that guy that can hybrid in between both situations. Well, maybe that's why they like and they, keeping they, Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt is their speed they, and flexibility. They think there. this guy did all this stuff at Virginia Tech. Mike Tomlin talked about we've seen it on tape. Mm-hmm. We don't have to project the things that they're going to ask him to do. He has already done at the collegiate level. I'm, I'm not going to say it's, it's a slam dunk pick. I'm not going to say it's a profound mistake. But philosophically, you see what they're doing this offseason. They are trying to rebuild that secondary. Mm-hmm. Mike, and, that's, and that's a good idea, right? Because yeah. it wasn't very good. How is uh, Artie Burns working out for you guys at cornerback? 50-50, I think, at 50-50? this point. Okay. I, I was disappointed with them last year. Mm-hmm. They brought them in. I think they reached a little bit because they were so desperate for corners. Yeah. And all the other ones went in front of him. I didn't think him. he was a first-round pick. Coming he's, out of the University of Miami. He's got the, the physical skill set you want. Um, he started getting better at hitting people last year, but then he stopped. And that's he can't the, tackle, man. He does, right. Yeah, he's not a physical guy. And in this defense, it's hard right. to succeed if you're not a physical guy. That's why I was talking about the kid from uh, Central Florida, Mike Hughes. Mm-hmm. I think he went to Minnesota. That, mm-hmm. was, that was my guy. Mm-hmm. Not that that's what I thought they'd do. That's what I would have done had right. I been them. Um I imagine. Second year is a is a is a learning curve for cornerbacks. Yeah. I mean, you have to get that shell shock off of you, and it takes you half the year. But I think Artie can go either way at this yeah. point. He's at got this, yeah. he's got some potential, but he better pick yeah, it up. Yeah, but his arrow was pointing up at the end of his rookie year, and then it flatlined. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's a, I think it could point either way now. Yeah, can an arrow be yeah not flaccid, point, not pointing one way or the other? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it can. But that's where I would be with him. And Joe Hayden on the other side is a nice pickup, but he's mm-hmm. a short term fix. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting up there in and, years. And, and do you pay him or not? Yeah, mm. probably not. Probably not. So uh, stay tuned today. There's a lot of good players left on yeah. the board. And one of the conversations I had with uh, Matt Williamson, the ex-scout on ESPN Pittsburgh when I was doing the AM last night, this was a draft a lot of people think, and I agree, there was about 10 to 15 superior guys. And then from pick 16 in the first round, maybe through the third, they're all kind of the same. Mm-hmm. They're all really close. So if you thought this guy Edmonds was a second rounder or a third rounder and they picked him 28th, if they think he's the right fit, they think he's the right fit. Right. I definitely believe in that. Um, all right. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to come back more with Finesse Mitchell. We that killed was, that, Mike. That was tremendous. That was amazing. We should do a Why show. Why do we need these guys? <laughs> we should do a show. you got to work the improv tonight. You should come down to the facility. Hey. Done. Analyze the picks. <laughs> you bring the stuff I like to do. I love this guy. <laughs> I know. Well, weren't you a fan of the show? Didn't you really like uh, the roadies? Wasn't that you? Didn't you tell me you dug that show? The camera yes, coach Mike. on the I, show? No, guys? I did. Yeah, oh, okay. the, yeah. I couldn't remember the name of it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, the rock was... star show or the, the band. The, right. The, With the Luke, scene. Luke uh, Wilson. Yes. Yeah. That yeah. was it. Carla Gugino? Gugino? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty. Yes, she is. And sweet. And so is that other, the other girl who I really like who was in that movie or in that show. Imogen Poots. Yeah, I love her. She's pretty, yeah. Imogen Poots. Imogen Poots. That's a name for you. That sounds like <laughs> somebody might get drafted. That sounds <laughs> like a, a, a what is Bart Simpson type of name when they call the bar. Yeah. <laughs> I, almost, Imogen Poots. I almost respect her for not taking a stage name because no <laughs> one right. needed one more. And she went, no, I'm going with Poots. Going Imogen, with Imogen Poots. This is so cool. We got draft analysis from the comic. I know. Well, look, he he played it to you, man. He's not just a comic. He's an SNL vet. When did you play it to you? 
I played strong safety. No way. Oh, at 1990 to 93. Wow. So, the still, 90s. Still remember the U? That was special, the 30 yeah. for 30, the first one? Yeah. I was on that. That was before it fell apart, right? Yes. Those were some, it didn't uh, fall apart till like 2000. So who was your coach, Butch? Uh, Craig Erickson. Dennis Erickson. Dennis Erickson. Dennis Erickson, yes. Yes, we won a championship. We were supposed to win in 90. We were supposed to win in 91 and 92. What happened? Uh, we lost. <laughs> yeah. I'll get you every time. More with Finesse Mitchell when we come back. He's at the Improv all weekend long. Improv.com, 412-462-5233. It's Randy Bauman in the DBE Morning Show. Finesse Mitchell is in studio with us right now. He's I've just be, been hired, guys. He's in our new sports uh, analyst. Along with Mike Pursuta. Yeah, you guys are over How'd here. You just... put that second part on there. What? Along with. with. Along with, yeah. Not instead of. No, it's fine. No, we'll, we'll give you guys your own PTI show in the we afternoon. Should. We mm-hmm. should do a podcast. Absolutely. Everybody's doing those, right? Everybody, brother. We you, can do it. We could do that from anywhere. You could be traveling. I could be here. Yep. And I could do the impersonations of the guests that ain't even there. So we can <laughs> act like we got special guests. Don't have to pay anybody. Just not to pay nobody. Idea. Did you do uh, impersonations on SNL? Sometimes I didn't remember uh, which which cast members you did on or which the characters you did on there. I'd like to thank Mike for inviting me onto the podcast, and I'd also like to give a shout out to Andy Dufresne, who's finally getting out of Shawshank, <laughs> <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> so wait, did you do four seasons there? Yeah, uh, three and a half. Yeah, yeah. Mostly good experience. Absolutely. I I I was bitter at the time. I mean, I was having a ball. I mean, it was so much partying. Yeah, it was. Everybody was like baby stars. So the Justin Timberlakes, Ashton Kutcher's, Lindsay Lohan, like it was such right. a young crew, talented group group yeah. of people. But then we had Prince, we had Usher, we had Halle Berry, we had all this. So it was just like, oh my god, I can't wait to go to work. You know, when we got somebody like Robert De Niro, I was like, boo, too old. Like <laughs> bring on the Colin Farrells and all these people. Yeah, but uh, amazing, amazing time. And I was like part of the like party crew. So like we take people out and go party in the city. Like, Who was in Thursday the party night. bro? Me, Keenan, Horatio Sands. Yeah. You know what I mean? Keenan is still there. What? He is the Moses of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's so funny because when we first got there, I was like, how long are you going to stay? I'm going to try to. I'm a, I never been to college for Nets, but I think I'm going to treat it like college. I'm going to do like, you know. Three years and bounce. I, said, I thought college was four years. He said, I've never been, Finesse. I don't know how long this is. Been. I don't know. I said, well, I, yeah, I'm going to do four years, too. So I ended up doing three, and he ended up doing 29. Yeah. That's crazy. It's nuts, That's man. amazing. And, and I just talked to him the other day. Uh, he's having a, a baby girl in August. I'm having a baby girl in July. Oh, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah, we're both on our second girls. Yeah. So. What you know? I, I talked to somebody about this the other day. Uh, there are scientists claiming now that the overabundance of plastics in the atmosphere is slowly eroding at the Y chromosome. Yeah, and that's why there are so many girls being born. I blame nougat. <laughs> Guys are eating too much nougat in these candy bars. That's right. And it's 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 doing what you said. The alkaline water is eroding the base of the Y chromosome yeah. and creating girls. Yeah, that's what it is. Creating girls, Damn. man. Nougat. And, and sometimes we, you feel like a nut. You know, sometimes you don't. There it is. No disagreements there. I said what? I said I said, well, we that bad? Well, we're just gonna 
make girls? He said, well, I wouldn't go again, Finesse. I'll just put it to you that way because <laughs> I think we were that bad. Yeah. We were that bad. So this is karmic retribution. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, I wanna... guess you guys just like racking up the ladies, like going out at night and... <sighs> Like I said, I'm sitting here with you guys right now, <laughs> studying my 19th year. No, man, it, it was so much fun to party in New York City at that time, from hip-hop to fashion to whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, the Kardashians weren't even hot then. Paris Hilton was the hot chick. She had the hot show with the other girl, the Richie, Richie sister. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was just such a different time. And social media wasn't out. Where you guys so, could get away with murder. Oh, my God. We were in the club acting a nut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every day. And New York is one of those cities where you just party every night. You leave the house at like 1 o'clock in the morning. You go to a club. And that's what we used to do. We used to have the host come in. And we're supposed to write on Tuesday night from like, you know, 6 o'clock p.m. to yeah. have a long it takes you. So a lot of times people just spend the night there on yeah. a Tuesday night and leave at like 8 in the morning, 9 in the morning. Keenan and I will always leave around 1 in the morning and go straight to the club. We come back at 3.30 in the morning. And we'll still stare at the computer like, okay, who's going to write these sketches? You know? <laughs> and that was that was our Tuesday night. But then we did that Wednesday night. Well, Che does that all the time right now. Like, you can, if you it. follow his Instagram, he's always, like, posting, like, good morning, New York. Good yeah. night, New York. Like, it's, right. it's bright out. He stopped at a bodega and got a burrito, and he's crashing. That's what, I mean, like, our, our Saturday night after the show, we go to a dinner. Mm-hmm. And that's the dinnerest to the ho- to host the host, mm-hmm. and the host will have all their friends come in and, and meet them at the dinner. And, but everybody's getting hammered. It's not like oh, a sit down dinner. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's a, a it's like the dinner moves every Saturday to a new location. Mm-hmm. But the best drinks, best food, best everything, yeah. and random celebrities: Giuliani to Charles Barkley to Dan Aykroyd to Chris Rock. It's just like this is the after party of SNL. And then Horatio was in charge of the after-after party, the which second started one. around 3.30 in the morning. And that's the party where when you walk out, you feel like a vampire. Right. You just like start <laughs> disintegrating as soon as the sunlight hits you. I would but have that to, could be a random spot. I would have to imagine that the star power at those parties alone was something that you would never become anesthetized to. For the SNL 40th reunion, I just happened to go back. My wife gave me permission to go. We were having a baby that Tuesday. The SNL 40th reunion anniversary show was on a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. She said, as long as you get on that plane on Monday, don't miss that plane. So I, I got out to New York. It was so many celebrities. It was, nobody was not nobody. It was, it was a room of at least 400 people in a museum partying. And my crew, that was I was Hank, my crew that I was in charge of, John Bon Jovi was on my left. Derek Jeter was on my right. Come on. Chappelle was getting everybody drinks. <laughs> Prince was behind us, just leaning up against the wall, just leaning. Every time he said, Prince, you okay? He's like, he just touched the wall. Like, this, this was his space. Really? I can't imagine. From, See, that just blows me away that Prince would be hanging out there, just kind of like, ah, I'm fine. I'm just by myself. Chappelle just walked by. Finesse, you know Prince is behind you, man. I turned around. <laughs> I'm like, Prince is just behind us. I want to touch him. He was like, don't touch him. I wouldn't touch him. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Taylor Swift was on stage. Jimmy Fallon was hosting. Uh, What's the guy? Elvis Costello? Elvis Costello, yeah. He was playing. uh, The who's who of, like, rock and roll was there. Mm -hmm. And Did Paul McCartney get up in that party? Paul McCartney was on doing a duet with Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Like, from uh, whoever's hot, Miley Cyrus to... Everybody. Everybody was just taking turns going on stage. But how weird was it for you to be around someone who is so famous, but you don't, like, 
It's not like you listen to Bon Jovi's music, but you still... I'm a cowboy. Yeah, you're not throwing on Bon Jovi. On a steel horse I ride, and I'm wanted, wanted, dead or alive. Uh, That wasn't the first time he's done that. Now I walk these streets. (laughs) Maybe you do listen to Bon Jovi. With a six string on my back, (laughs) I play for keeps, because I might not make it back. See? I said, everywhere, yeah. everywhere, standing <laughs> tall. I've seen a million places, and I've rocked them all. Val's yeah. getting psyched up over there. I'll be at the improv tonight, yeah. <laughs> tomorrow night, and Sunday night. You had a comedy album produced by Quincy Jones' Kid, right? Yes, absolutely. Q- QD3. So you were, pretty, you were one step away. You could have had him produce a, a, a record for you. I could have, yeah. But I wasn't. I, I can't sing. <laughs> I, see, I could. I have headphones on. I could not hear any of that. No. But as soon I, as you start singing, you just uh, you black it out. I picture myself being John Bon Jovi, and then whatever happens, happens. <laughs> so if I'm Tracy Morgan, I just picture Tracy, and then I just start talking like him, and I say, "Hey, you know, it's the weekend. Let's get somebody pregnant." Yeah. But I don't. I don't actually hear myself doing it. I just picture myself be- being it. That's my secret to doing. Finesse right. this weekend. Uh, go see him, not picturing himself. <laughs> yeah, see me live, picturing me doing me. <laughs> <laughs> on ooh wee at the improv Make nuggets go, nuggets also, tell him about Permanis too because he yes. doesn't think that he's not sure yes tweet me at Finesse Mitchell and tell me where to get the best Permani yeah well there's one <laughs> right should, next to yeah. the improv before you start your set tonight you should break down the pick of, 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 of Steelers. Steelers that would go over big alright unless it before is we a, start laughing people before we start laughing here's people here's what I think of Terrell Edmonds Yes, and I will say great pick. I'm gonna say whatever the room feels. I'm not gonna, you know, it's Pittsburgh. You can't talk. You can't talk about football if you're not from Pittsburgh. I learned that. As long as you say, as long as it's all complimentary, you're fine. That's what I'm saying. Because I was, I had a show last night, and I was like, oh, and let me tell you about about the Steelers. And when I say you can hear a pin drop. And everybody was leaning in. I was like, y'all going to be good this year. Y'all are pretty good organization. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah. But I was like, okay, Finesse, chill out. Where were you going to go? Well, I was going to say, you know, your quarterback is a little old. And uh, your O-line is not as great as people think they are. And uh, that, good. And that your receivers kind of have a drug problem. But you got rid of one <laughs> yeah. in the trade. Like, one wants to be a celebrity, but he's an amazing best receiver he's in the league. He's the best receiver ever. Yeah. And then the other guy, you know, he's just not consistent. And, he's dun, 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 dun. and if anybody had his number, I would want it because I want to. <laughs> and uh, then I read the kid, and then I watch TV, and I'm like, he got traded? Yep. So, yeah. So pretty much Raiders, it. Go figure. Uh, like, you know, we said all morning, you could, he could either go to the Bengals or the Raiders, yep. and you're not trading him in the division. Yeah. You know? There's two rehabilitation programs in the NFL. <laughs> Watch out for the NFC South all over again. Once again, we will send another two to three teams to the playoffs. Yeah. Because we're just that strong. The New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers, and now Tampa Bay's just got a humongous defensive line now uh, with their pick. They picked the guy we wanted, the, the Washington, the defensive tackle out of Washington, Via Veda, that guy. Samoan or whatever he is. His name's his real name's like five minutes long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one of those Indian spelling bee names. You know what I'm saying? It's like, can you say that? I don't know. Send all complaints and letters right. to Mike <laughs> and his podcast. Finesse, good to see you, man. Thank you guys. Have a Thank good weekend. You so much. 
What is the secret in Does anybody know what's a nougat? No. <laughs> Nobody knows what nougat is. No, I don't know. Well, it's not in anything but candy bars. Well, it's, in, it's peanuts, peanut butter, salt, and nougat. Nougat is a little disconcerting because I, I had never, never really thought about it. That's the secret elf recipe of yumminess, but no one knows what it is. They just named it nougat. They make that and Valyrian steel. If you've ever seen Game of Thrones, that's what they do. Nougat. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. All right. Well, the uh, Penguins last night in Washington. Best the Capitals 3-2. In D.C., home ice for the Caps. They still can't get it done, despite the fact the Penguins were playing without Evgeny Malkin and Carl Hagelin, and Gensel did it again. Schultz to the left side. Big Jake. Comes forward. And plays the puck in deep. Hope he plays it on the backhand around far side. Crosby there. Whipping in. He scores. Sidney Crosby from the left wing board. Gives the Penguins a lead. 3-2. And Hope he doesn't know whether to cry or wind his watch. He shot that puck from the boards. And the Penguins have taken the lead. And it's going to be Getzel who gets the goal. I think so. 3-2, Pens win it last night. Game two is Sunday, a 3 o'clock matchup. Don't forget, you can win tickets to all the home games here in Pittsburgh for this series against the Capitals by sending us a video 60 seconds or less telling us why you should win the tickets, how why you're such a big fan. Be creative. Figure out a way. Do cartwheels. Yeah, whatever. Put no, yourself. Don't get hurt, though. Yeah, just uh, you know, distinguish yourself amongst the other Penguin fans who are trying to win these tickets. This is a hell of a prize. Could be... Three games. Yeah. Uh, hopefully not. Hopefully, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Sweep them right out of here. Um, but at any rate, the first game is Tuesday, so the deadline to enter is Monday. Go to dv.com and upload your video. The registration form is there, dve.com. And the deadline is 3 p.m. on Monday. Mike will have more on last night's game and last night's draft at the bottom of the hour. And uh, we've also got uh, Matt Aquiline in the Dead End Streets in the Coffee House this hour. Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine is in studio with us. And we had Steve Byrne on earlier talking about the Avengers movie, Infinity mm-hmm. War, the biggest Marvel movie ever. You could say. And uh, the most star-studded. Certainly. And uh, the most highly anticipated since Black Panther. Uh, uh, and how long ago that was. Yes. It seems like forever ago. When right. We, oh, two months? It was, to, okay. <laughs> this, this, other, this is why James Cameron's pissed. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he's complaining because there's a lot of money that he's not making. Or a lot of attention not being paid to him. Well, he wants to make five Avatar movies, and he never figured out that no one cares. I never watched the first one. It was only... That was the movie that demonstrated what really well-done 3D and CGI could look like in 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 the 21st century in modern cinema and it was very impressive it was a spectacle the plot no no not at all yeah people were just there for the special effects and now he's going to make four more of them and doesn't know why people like superheroes because they're fun because they're fun james <laughs> and this is the big one i yeah. i mean it's the big one until the second part of this movie is released next year and it won't be the biggest film of the year because it probably can't catch up to black panther and really, when we're talking about the 19th film in a series, how much can you say it really stands out? 
But still, we are assured by the Disney Corporation that this is the big one, or at least a big one. Mm -hmm. Why? Because this is the movie where all the characters from the 18 prior Marvel Cinematic Universe films gather for the first time. Who am I talking about? Which characters? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Because Avengers Infinity War involves the exploits of Ant-Man, Black Panther, Black Widow, Captain America, The Collector, Doctor Strange, Drax the Destroyer, Falcon, Gamora, Groot, Hawkeye, Heimdall, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, Loki, Mantis, M'Baku, Nebula, Nick Fury, Okoye, Pepper Potts, Rocket Raccoon, Scarlet Witch, Shuri, Spider-Man, Star-Lord, Thanos, Thor, Vision, War Machine, the Winter Soldier, and the rest. Wow. So, did what I just said, say, make perfect sense to you? then I'm pretty sure you already have a ticket, if not saw it last night at midnight. Did you think I was making up 80% of those words? Then this is maybe not the movie for you. (laughs) Yeah. This is not one of those superhero movies where you can just jump in fresh and expect to know what's going on. Some stand alone. Black Panther was like that. You could just go. You you didn't need to ever see one I love Black Panther. That was great. Oh, absolutely. And this, by the way, here's box office trivia. This will be the first time in 10 years that two of these movies are in the top 10 the same weekend. Because that's how well Black Panther is doing. Infinity War, you basically need a Masters in Marvel Studies to understand everything that they are presenting to you. If you think Guardians of the Galaxy is a storage shed company, you should avoid the multiplex this weekend. (laughs) What's going on is Thanos, it's basically a grape-flavored Andre the Giant, played by Josh Brolin, has got all of the Infinity Stones together in one place. He's going to use them to kill half of all life in the universe. The worst 50-50 raffle ever held. So all of those people I named a minute ago have to try and stop him. Now, when I first watched this, When I walked out of the theater, I wasn't crazy about it just because it went in a very unexpected direction. Not in the terms of the story. The story makes sense. But Marvel has become like the place for kind of no-consequences fun adventure flicks. A lot of their recent stuff, like Guardians or the new Spider-Man, are actually comedies. So I expect this kind of light experience for them. Infinity War is not that. It's actually really dark to the point where I was still rattled by it for a day or so after I saw it. Wow. Thinking about it, I think that means it was really good because it really did something that I didn't think it could do. I thought it was just going to be a big romp and I it made me feel things. And who wants to have feelings? So initially, that bothered me. But the more I think about it, I think that means it did a really good job. It's not at all what you're expecting, but it's an, a very, very strong and very different movie. The ultimate question, the question I will now ask about Every comic book movie going forward, to your point, Randy, is it better than Black Panther? That is my new high watermark, the Wakanda Forever test. The answer is, no, it's not better than Black Panther. Wakanda, still forever, but it's pretty good anyway, in spite of that failure. Sean Collier, Pittsburgh Magazine. Uh, Here's why I'm not going to go see it. All right. The running time? Oh, yeah. Uh, I believe it was 237 I'm not sitting in a movie theater for three hours. Hey. The, the ones out here at um, Robinson, I think they all have, like, they all recline a little bit. They do. And you get a little desk, like the old school swing around desk. Yeah. You put I'll, your popcorn on. I'll, pa- your I'll pass out. Yeah, that's a guaranteed nap. It doesn't matter how many planets are blowing up. If you if you put me somewhere for three hours that reclines, I'm gonna nod off a little bit. I wanted to. I wish I. I wished I had a blanket the last time. I yeah, was right. There. I'm wondering. Do people vape in the theaters? 
that came and went quickly. Like when Pete, when you first started seeing people yeah. carry around, you would see like the little puffs, and then every theater banned it three months later. Okay. Um, Why that would improve your <laughs> Infinity War experience? <laughs> no, I was. That changes your mind. I was, I was just asking. I was just wondering. In that case, they could do yeah. tie-ins. They could they they could do you know Iron Man Red, <laughs> Spidey Strawberry. It's just it was just a question. That's all. Get uh, your Groot on. <laughs> you love Groot. I love Groot. You get, you get this little, I, wasn't there, but the the second I didn't see the second Guardians of the Galaxy. Wasn't it? Was it the it was the second Groot? Right. He's the ba- the baby Groot is the best. And there's it, a like, by, by now he's like kind of late teens Groot. That's what I heard. There's um if you go on and like just go to YouTube and search Groot videos, there's one of him dancing. And yeah, it shows him like don't push that button. This button? No, not that button. It makes me laugh every time. Voiced by it's Vin so Diesel. Vin Diesel plays Groot. Um, I, yeah, just... I didn't know that until like three days ago. And that didn't ruin it for you? Ah, what do I care? He doesn't really talk. <sighs> he says, I am Groot. But, yeah, that's about it. It's like a Pokemon. Um, all right, we got to go upstairs to the coffee house, the Point Park University stage in the Permanis DVE coffee house. Matt Aquiline and the Dead End Streets are up there, and this is a, a big uh, and accomplished outfit. Uh, Heather Neal, Stefan. Evan and uh, Bill Maruka joining Matt Aquiline. Good morning. How's everybody doing up there? Well, thank you. All right, all right. Uh, you are playing tomorrow night at the uh, world famous Needs Hotel. Yes, sir. Where you got to get yourself a fish sandwich. Absolutely. And uh, some goldfish crackers if you can while you're out there. And uh, I love going out there, man. What a great place. Yeah, I'd recommend talking to Jim Need too. He's he might be the nicest bar owner in Pittsburgh. Historian too. Uh, so that's. Uh, Tomorrow night at Needs Hotel, an 8 o'clock start. MattAquiline.com is uh, the website you can go to to learn more about the whole uh, the kit and caboodle. Matt, you have a, a release people can buy, correct? We do. Uh, it's called Coming Home. Uh, you can find it via our website or Facebook. It's on all the uh, obvious places, Spotify. And you named it Coming Home because you came home. <laughs> I did indeed. From? Washington, D.C., yeah, uh, where I'm so happy we have a, a an early victory over. Yeah, right. But what were you doing uh, down in uh, D.C.? Uh, I work uh, in the union masonry industry, so my job took me down there. But uh, I played music there for for most of my time there as well. Yeah, and did you uh, you rub elbows with some uh, illustrious uh, uh, contemporaries? Um, sure, if that's what you want to call them. Sure. <laughs> Good deal. Uh, what are we going to hear today? Uh, this one is called The Break. And this is available on the CD? It is. All right, good deal. Here they are, Matt Aquiline and the Dead End Streets performing live in the Point Park University stage from Permanis DVE Coffeehouse. Take it away, fellas.
in the dead end streets sounded yeah. great man tomorrow night needs hotel in lawrenceville and uh, we'll hear one more from those guys before we get out of here mike pursued it with your sports when we return big night for the penguins and the steelers buckos get a win as well and uh, the full report when we return tom dve sports Mike Pesuta with your sports right now on the dve morning show great night for the pittsburgh penguins and maybe it was a great night for the future of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but it certainly was a great night for Ryan Chazier. Yes, yes, and yes. Sports this hour brought to you by Caseda by Lutron Smart Lighting Controls. Was it Jake Gensel who delivered the Penguins to a come-from-behind 3-2 win over the Capitals last night in Game 1 of the Eastern Conference semifinals? Was it 
Sidney Crosby, was it Matt Murray? Yeah, it was all of the above and then some. But more than anything else, the Penguins' character was on display last night in D.C. Here's head coach Mike Sullivan. Sorry, here's Mike Sullivan. Resolve. You know, I, I do think our guys have a certain resolve about them or a certain resilience that, that they just stay with it. And, uh, you know, we try to control what we can in order to have success. And, and if things aren't going the way we want, we try to, you know, offer them some insights and see, you know, and try to help them uh, have success in, in certain areas if, if we think we can help them. But uh, I think for the most part, you know, I, and I'll, I'll just point to the leadership of the group. I think I think we have great leaders, and and these guys, they lead the charge for us. When when uh, when things don't always go our way out there, they're the guys that that can that usually turn the tide for us. And uh, and that's how it was tonight. Yeah, that's how you take the ice without Evgeny Malkin and Carl Haglin, and then take a punch to the chops. Seventeen seconds into the first period, and then another. 28 seconds into the third, and uh, all of a sudden you're on the road. Uh, there's less than a period remaining, and you're down two, and you just keep playing. That's kind of who the Penguins are. And uh, the last two games, they've done it. I wasn't, after the second goal, after the rocket by Alexander Ovechkin, I didn't lose faith in there. I was certainly starting to think, eh, this doesn't look good. But if we can get a quick one. You know, I'm doing that uh, rationalization that all Penguin fans do. And uh, then, lo and behold, we got three quick ones. It seemed like we were going to get five or six goals, Mike. Three quick ones, uh, 449 is what it took them to get three goals. <laughs> and that, that started uh, two and a half minutes, give or take, after the Ovechkin goal. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the best possible answer. That's clutch. Do or die time, here's three. And it got in Holpe's head. He looked like it was a couple where he was struggling to maintain. But he was standing on his head prior to that, Mike. You know, the Pens have, have relied upon that resilience, uh, resolve, uh, focus, attention to detail, whatever you want to call it. Uh, ever since Mike Sullivan got here, that's what he's tried to instill in this team more than anything else. That, I think, more than anything else is why they won the Cup the last two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing it now better than they've ever done it under Sullivan, uh, at least in this context. They have now rallied from a two-goal deficit to win consecutive playoff games for the first time in franchise history. Wow. They were down 4-2 in Philly in game six, and they were down 2 nothing last night. Franchise history. And Jake Gensel, a big part in both of those. Uh, any of those three... Do you think that Holpe would like to have back? I think Ovechkin would like to have the Crosby goal back. Oh, just out of his reach. Yeah, kind of went right through him. That's not that he. He had also a bad, had an empty netter in the first pe- game. He was yeah, he was one of the best players on the ice, right? But uh, he had an empty netter in the first period that he missed. It comes down just to you know that's why they wide tell, open and he just sailed it. That's why Sullivan is uh, so adamant and he harps so often on the be on your details, make the right play, play the game. The right, you never know which instant is going to turn out to be decisive. Oh, man, he was so good though. God, they are they are really good. Kuznetsov was good too last night. Yeah, it's a good team. Imagine if they didn't have to go through the Penguins every year, what they might accomplish. Well, that's why I liked winning that first game. What that has to do the the mental. Attrition 
that that must uh, just like beating Columbus, losing to the to the Penguins. Here we go again. Yeah. Uh, now we'll see how the Caps respond. I mean, uh, they they had all the mental toughness they needed in the last round. Yeah, but I think the Penguins are a different animal. Matt Murray was great last night. Yeah. We keep talking about that like we're surprised by it. Um, you know, don't get mad at me for pointing out that Matt Murray was great. I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm just making an observation. How was he in the third period of the last game or the second period of the last game? You know, well, he, like, gave up, he gave up one bad goal in that. Right. Okay, series. it's just reassuring. It's just like, of course, just like we expected, he had a great game when we needed him to. The save in particular. On the right side, Niskan and Slapper, knockdown, rebound. Oh, what a save by Murray on the near side on Brett Connolly as he kicked that puck out of there. That's twice he's done that, Mikey. Full extension with the blocker hand. He opens up the blocker, and he absolutely robbed Brett Conley on the back door. Wow. Borky is the best, man. Does he get you fired up or what? You know what worried Conley me should have last... tried to flip that up like he was doing to that little girl and get it to come down behind Murray. Off the faceoff when Ovechkin uh, railed one off of his mask, off of Murray's mask, that concerned me a little bit because he missed time for a concussion when Kessel did that to him in practice earlier in the season. So... Hmm. Was it Kessel or Olimata? I thought it was Kessel, but either way, despite did you yeah. feel any better, little girl? Yeah, I thought Olimata struggled last night. Game two is uh, Sunday, three p.m. A- Sunday afternoon. Yeah, Mikey's on two hours sleep right yeah, now. Yeah, a little more than that, but not much more than that. You uh, were up uh, drafting. Yeah, fun night uh, for me last night. I got to do uh, two hours on uh, ESPN Pittsburgh. And then uh, the live hit with Missy Matthews on Steelers.com. After the pick of Virginia Tech's Terrell Edmonds, uh, it seems to be uh, a polarizing pick here in the early going. And uh, if you're interested in what the analysts have to say, Mel Kuyper called it head-scratching. Head-scratching. That was in his... I don't uh, like it. His immediate uh, grades on ESPN.com. Because that's how you grade a draft. You, as soon as the guy's pick, you decide whether it's a great pick or not before he even puts on the jersey. That's how you evaluate this stuff. Uh, Pete Prisco of CBSSports.com said of Edmonds, quote, he was a guy who was really rising late in the process. And that could have something to do with him having a shoulder injury last season and playing through it for 10 games and then ultimately having to have surgery. Uh, The Steelers really like this guy. Mike Tomlin thinks he's seen this guy do what he's going to be asked to do for the Steelers. Uh, damn it, Mike, I'm sorry. Go ahead and run that. He was a really fun evaluation for me personally. Um, anything that that you can imagine him doing, you saw him do on Virginia Tech's, uh, tape, Virginia Tech's defensive tape. Uh, within Coach Bud Foster's scheme, you saw him play free. You saw him play strong. You saw him play deep middle. You saw him play half field. You saw him play sub package linebacker even in there alongside his brother. Uh, that versatility was exciting. Um, we were just talking here the other day about the specialization of ball and uh, things that you're able to do in sub packages. And uh, you're not speculating in that evaluation. You saw him do a number of the things that will be on the menu for him. If everybody wanted a, an inside linebacker to replace Ryan Shazier, take note that both Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert referenced Edmonds as having the ability to play sub package linebacker, which is on the field more often than not. And he could also play on the back end. 
potentially, philosophically, this is just what the doctor ordered. Now we'll see if it actually fits, if he's as good as they think he is, and we'll see what they do the rest of the draft because they have a bunch more picks to make today and tomorrow. But uh, he's also got uh, intangibles, at least from the Steelers' perspective. Kevin Colbert talked about that shoulder injury and uh, how much it obviously means to Edmonds for him to play through it for as long as he did. You know, he hurt his shoulder in training camp, and he played the whole season with a strap on. He went as far as he could. He got through their first their first ten games, and then he he had to give in and have the surgery done um, because it just became an unbearable thing for him. So we really admired his ability to play as good as he did with a really with only one shoulder. Last but not least, Edmonds is a character kid from a football family. He's an exceptional kid. Um, he comes from a great family. His father, Farrell Edmonds, uh, I was actually with the Miami Dolphins when we drafted him. And uh, his mother, Felicia, great folks. Uh, Coach and I had dinner with Tremaine, Terrell, Felicia, and Farrell back the night before Virginia Tech's Pro Day. Uh, we had 10 people out, and to watch that family interact, it was, it was truly um, uh, encouraging to see two great players coming from such a great family and uh it was it was a neat moment i will say mike they don't have the luxury of being able to afford any cocky superstar wannabe young guys on that team they already got some big stars taking up a lot of space on this roster it's a good point and you know you want character guys right this is this is purportedly a character guy and we don't need any characters around here to give the joint atmosphere. Every time you hear a bell, it means the Steelers blew another first-round selection. <laughs> no, I, I'm intrigued. I, I, I am yeah. not going to sit here and say it was the right or wrong thing to do hours after it happened. you got to see how it plays out. What they're doing, they started this in veteran free agency, getting Bostic, getting uh, Morgan Burnett. Mm-hmm. Now they've added Edmonds, and there's going to be more coming on the defense, uh, I suspect, today and tomorrow. And then they're going to take the field for OTAs and try to sort it all out, continue that process in training camp. But they're trying to give themselves options toward improving an area of the team that drastically needs to be improved. And uh, the Martavis Bryant trade to Oakland, I, I give that deal a 10 because they weren't so the Steeler gonna... fans. Are, there's a lot of Steeler fans pissed about this. Well, they, they don't think they got enough. They're just not paying attention. Uh they were not going to keep this guy long-term. He's damaged goods, and they sold him for more than they paid for him initially. You can't do better than that. You've got Antonio Brown. You've got Juju Smith-Schuster. You've got a tight end advanced McDonald who should be much more of a force in the passing game this year than he was last year. You have Le'Veon Bell for one more year, and as he has told us, he's the greatest pass-catching running back in the history of pass-catching running backs. And there's other guys on the roster that can fit. You don't need to kill an ant with an elephant gun for crying out loud at the wide receiver position. <laughs> DJ Gallo, who is brilliantly funny, tweeted out, congratulations to Mark Davis Bryant, who was traded to a team to become the third receiver again on a worse team. I bungled the wording. He had a much funnier delivery of it. But essentially, you know, he's bragging about how great he is. And it's like, well, now you're on a worse team and you're still the number three receiver. Yeah, he got what he wanted. You want it out. I can't believe that Gruden will put up for, with him for a second if he starts acting up. They got rid of the punter because he thought he was a jackass. <laughs> well, he meets this guy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> they had a really good punter. 
And he's like, nah, I don't need a guy who's a character and punter. Punters are like kids to him. Better uh, seen and not heard. Coaches hate punters in general. They really do. Because if you're the head coach, every time you see the punter trotting onto the field, it means you just failed. We got to get McAfee on to talk about that. He's McAfee is no fan of Gruden because Gruden teed off on him on a Monday night. He's like, ah, look at this, a punter. You know, yeah. Yeah, who's this guy think he is, man? Yeah. Some people think kickers and punters should be seen and not heard. I and they should just kick the ball. And... I think everything is determined no, by performance. Not. Like if you're great, you well, are. Well, obviously you are, not, because King was pretty good. He was really good. That's not how he does it. I'm saying that's how I oh, think okay. of it. Like, I, I give you a, a wide berth to act like a jackass if you're awesome. If you're really good, it doesn't matter. A- yeah. A-B. And that's, I, I'll, A-B. I'll Juju. Juju. They can do whatever they want. You know, if Baker Mayfield is successful in Cleveland, who cares if he's a jerk? I still think they screwed up. I, I They may he, have. He, they, he, maybe they didn't. I, can, you look at any of those quarterback, can you look at any of those quarterbacks and tell me they're a slam dunk? No, I don't know, but I know that that guy's got a bigger question mark than the other ones. That well, that alone, but his, and the fact his, that they didn't take Chubb. What's his question mark? First of all, he makes plays out of chaos, like like Manziel did, which is not the NFL. Like Ben did when he came in, right? And it, you can't sustain that. That is a one trick pony that is easily figured out. You think he has a strong arm? Oh yeah. You think he played uh, big-time football in high-leverage situations? Yep, so did Johnny Manziel, everything you're saying. You think he won as a starter? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Let's look at the other guys. Uh, The Wyoming kid, do you think he's going to get more or less accurate when he goes to the NFL? If if that kid throwing 56% completion percentage in a crappy conference, no way. Do you think Rosen is more or less likely to get injured in the NFL? That's the only knock on him. He's the most ready to walk in right now. But that's... That knocks out everything else. Well, they got Tyrod Taylor. Don't even take him. Take Saquon Barkley and Chubb. Okay, so you're not saying another quarterback. You're saying... Yeah, it's just stupid. They have a guy who led a team to the playoffs. That makes more sense to me than Mayfield is the wrong quarterback. Because I I would argue with all these quarterbacks, there's upside potentially to all of them, and they're all far from a sure thing. Well, we might be looking at the best of them, not in Cleveland, but in Baltimore. Can't wait to break it all down on Mother Heisman winner. I love that stuff. All right, when we come back, one more from Matt Aquiline in the Dead End Streets. It's the DVE Morning Show. Matt Aquiline in the Dead End Streets upstairs in the Point Park University stage, Permanis DVE Coffeehouse right now in anticipation of their big show at uh, the legendary Needs Hotel tomorrow night in Lawrenceville, an 8 o'clock start for that show. Matt, what do you got for us right here? This is another one off our, uh, our EP. It's called Dead End Streets. And you can check out that EP at www.mattaquiline.com. Here they are, Matt Aquiline in the Dead End Streets on DVE.
All right, Manac Line in the Dead End Streets. Great job. Sounded awesome. Thanks Thank so much. much. Tomorrow night at Needs Hotel, 8 o'clock in Lawrenceville. Go check it out. Special thanks to Manac Line and the Dead End Streets. Also, we've rescheduled Matthew Fridge, the, uh, the director of Sheets versus Wawa, the documentary. We'll do him on Monday. Finesse Mitchell was great today. Great to meet him. Former SNL cast member at the Improv all weekend long. That guy's fascinating. Yeah, he's got a good story. Played at the University of Miami. Uh, became Walked a, on at the U. In, in the day. When they were badass, yeah. Uh, Steve Byrne, appreciate Steve calling in this morning to talk about his experience at the Hollywood premiere of The Avengers. That was amazing. And also thanks to Sean Collier for reviewing that flick, which uh, you gave the, uh, hey, if you're a fan of this stuff, uh, this is crack. Yeah, right. uh, and, and very impressive and a new look for them. So I, I think people are going to enjoy it. Unless you have no idea what's going on, then stay home and watch hockey. Or come out to see me as part of the Steel City Comedy Tour at the uh, Paintertown VFD. Paintertown, down by Irwin, along with Ray Zawadney, Colin Chamberlain, mm. uh, and Chuck Krieger. That's tomorrow night. And if you're at the southern edge of the DVE footprint, I will be at the uh, Rocky Gap Casino in Cumberland, Maryland, on Wednesday night. Painters? Paintertown. It is apparently three streets near Irwin. <laughs> if you go to, if, you, if you're in Turpentown, you've gone too you've far. You've gone too, yeah. yeah. That's, they, they erased the one. That's... Dad jokes for days. It's the DV yeah. morning show. <laughs> Turpentown. Um, don't forget, playoff tickets available to you. We're giving away a package of all the home games. All two of them, huh? Uh, well, it might only be that. It might <laughs> nah, only be that. Joke. Let's hope. Joking. More than likely, it will be more than that, though. A 60-second or less video uploaded to DVE.com. Tell us why you should win the tickets. It's that simple. Folks, and what a game it was last night. Schultz, left side over to Ole Matter. Trying to get it on the net. I think it hit the right pad of Hopi. Jumps back to the left side. Covering there was Gensel. Right side. Delivers it over to Schultz. A shot scored. Deflect it in off something. And the Penguins have come back to make it 2-1. to one. Oh, buy Sam a drink and get his dog one, too. Hornquist may have touched it on the way in. The Penguins have gotten the first goal. A tang to Zumlin. Here come the Penguins back into the cap zone. Crosby with his shoots and scores. He ties the game from the right wing circle. And number 87 makes it a 2-2 contest. Oh, Eddie Spaghetti. Crosby receiving that puck in the right wing circle and he quickly released it and it's 2-2. On the right side, Niskan and Slapper knocked down, rebound. Oh, what a save by Murray on the near side on Brett Connolly as he kicked that puck out of there. That's twice he's done that, Mikey. Full extension with the blocker hand. He opens up the blocker and he absolutely robbed Brett Connolly on the back door. Wow. Schultz to the left side, New Orleans Mata. Comes forward and plays the puck in deep. Hope he plays it on the backhand around far side. Crosby there. Whipping in. He scores. Sidney Crosby from the left wing board. Gives the Penguins the lead. 3-2. And Hope he doesn't know whether to cry or wind his watch. He shot that puck from the board. And the Penguins have taken the lead. That's going to be Getzel who gets the goal. I think so. And they'll keep the lead. Pens up 1-0. That's it. Have a great weekend, everybody. Special thanks to... Alex filling in for Joe, uh, producing the show today. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Uh, And want to remind you, Billy Gardell, tickets to see him November at the Benenham Center. The second show, well, the first show sold out, so he scheduled the one on Friday of that weekend as well. The pre-sale for that yesterday, pretty much sold out. So whatever they allotted early, 
is gone. But the rest are on sale now. Right now. 10 a.m., which is uh, right it is 10 a.m. and 50 seconds right now. There's no tomorrow. Go to Ticketmaster.com and get tickets to see Billy Gardell while they're still there. The Benedum Center Show, Friday, November 16th. Again, general on sale happening right now. Okay, that's it. See you guys on Monday. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.